Hello and welcome listeners to another very exciting episode of Cathode Raycast, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about all things television. Um, I'm very excited today. We have a lot to get through, so I'm going to be very quick here at the top. I'm your host, Bernadette Gorman-White, and I have a few announcements to make before we get into all of the nitty-gritty of the Emmy Prediction Podcast that we're here to record. I just wanted to let all of you guys know that we have some very exciting news coming up on StoryScreenBeacon.com. We've been talking about it for months, but we are going to be switching to a Patreon model pretty soon. So, for all of you fun exclusive content members... Just so you know, you're going to be getting a very fun email in the next few weeks, giving you all of the details on how and when to switch over to the new content. And then for everyone else, we are doing a launch date of October 1st. Our Patreon will be live. So if you are into supporting us and you just want to throw us some bones every once in a while, come on over to StoryScreenBeacon.com, sign up for our newsletter, We'll get all of those amazing details out to you very soon. All right, that was exciting. <laughs> but now we're ready to get into the podcast. I'm joined today by one of my favorite guests, Rhea Banerjee. Hi, and I'm in person too. In person. <laughs> Not even Zoom. Not even Zoom. Yeah, no, this is great. It all, it timed out so well. Everything worked out so well, so... Happy Excellent. to be here. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here, too. I'm always happy to talk TV with you. Yes. Um, it's funny. Uh, this isn't funny, actually. I said it's funny. What I'm about <laughs> to say is not funny. Uh, Queen Elizabeth died yesterday. Not funny. Complicated not funny. feelings I have about that. It's not exactly a, the greatest human being who lived or anything. But you and I have had lots of conversations about the crown, and I was just kind of like, this is interesting. This is the... This is a very, very interesting, I had many complicated emotions yesterday, like reading all the coverage and I was just kind of like, isn't the new season of The Crown supposed to be starting this year? I was, I was trying to confirm that with you today. I think it's supposed to be this fall or winter. Yeah, I'm not certain. Mm -hmm. I do know that they did stop production Mm. just to pay their respects I think yeah. they're in the middle of filming. I don't know if it is for the the final season. I don't know if they have this next mm-hmm. season in the can or not. That's what I wasn't sure either. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, so I was just I was like, "Oh my god, now watching The Crown is going to feel very different." Very different. Yeah. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah, it was very strange especially after just a few days ago, it was the 25th anniversary of Diana's passing yes. as well. Yep. And so it felt very strange yeah, that all of that was happening. Exactly. There was that. There was the, the shakeup on Downing Street. And then yeah. there was this. I mean, like, when I saw the news yesterday, too, I was like, wow, talk about trial by fire for a new prime minister. I'd be like, yes. within days of taking office, you have to do all of the things that are required of you when... A monarch, like, dies when the head of state dies. And, like, the last time they've had to do that was over, how you know, like, 60 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's wild. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, um, not not funny, funny, ha-ha funny, but I was just kind of like, I was like, oh, 
Just funny makes you just, think. Funny. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was gonna, I was getting excited to talk with Bernadette about when the crown whenever it starts up again, and then this huge seismic change happens in the family. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Thanks for indulging us, everyone, while we talk about <laughs> the royal family because. That's a thing. That's a thing that we do. We find them interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I mean, better time now than ever because the crown isn't up for anything this year. Right. Because which, which it just doesn't fall into that placement. Exactly. Year, so. Which gives a lot of other very deserving shows some, uh, some room some room to, to uh, you know, kind of just get out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff. All right. Well, yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So we have formulated um, a means by which to talk about these categories. There are 27 categories on the primetime Emmys ballot. And so we wanted to kind of start off with like a bang and then do some of the lesser, lesser known, maybe lesser cared about, depending on who you are, categories, Mm. and then get into like the, the top ones. So we're going to talk about limited or anthology series first okay. and get those out of the way. Um, we won't land on where we're feeling about the series that are nominated until the very end. But just to give you listeners a little bit of a heads up, the series that are nominated and like the grand prize for limited or anthology series are Dope Sick, The Dropout, Inventing Anna, Pam and Tommy, and the White Lotus. So we'll kind of get into that later at the end of this segment. Um, but I find it interesting because a lot of the nominations come from things that weren't nominated for the grand prize, which I think is strange. But we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go uh, just down the list and kind of talk about our reasons why we think some people are deserving, some people aren't deserving, mm-hmm. what have you. So lead actor... We have Colin Firth from The Staircase. We have Andrew Garfield from Under the Banner of Heaven. We have Oscar Isaac from Scenes from a Marriage. Michael Keaton from Dope Sick. Himish Patel from Station Eleven. And Sebastian Stan from Pam and Tommy. Now, I know, Rhea, you have seen a few of the things that I have not. You've seen The Staircase. I've seen The Staircase. I've seen Under the Banner of Heaven. I don't I don't know if you got to that um, yeah. I did get to watch that, yes. Um, I really, I really liked it quite a lot. Um, Me too. I have seen Dope Sick, and mm-hmm. I have seen not all of Pam and Tommy, but enough okay. that I think I have an opinion. So it's really just Station Eleven, and, and um, Scenes from a Marriage is, like, perpetually on my, like, oh, I need to watch that list, but I, I didn't get to it in, in time for this, but... Fair. Um, but yeah, no, I've seen, but I've seen most of this, um... Great, yeah. I've seen the first couple episodes of Station Eleven, and they build up this mythology in Station Eleven that actors are kind of like the saviors of this post-apocalyptic world. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this traveling troupe of actors who come to different towns, putting on plays, and that's like the height of these villages' year is when this traveling troupe comes. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a little too actor crazy for me at yeah. the beginning of the show. I hear that they do deconstruct that, 
But at the time of watching it, I'm like, no, this is how real life is. Like, we praise these people a little bit too too yeah. much, which is, I guess we're doing it right now by talking about them on this right. podcast. But it was a little too much for me at the time, so yeah. I bailed, but I've heard it's really good. You know, it reminds me of like, ages ago at the um, Oscars when um, both Lincoln, Steven Spielberg's Lincoln, mm-hmm. and um, Argo, uh, which was... That was Ben Affleck directing Argo. Yes. Directing himself. Uh, I like both I like both films. Um, and I used to do um, an Oscar pool every year. And I was talking about it with my dad. And he was like, well, what do you think is going to win Best Picture? And I was like, Argo. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. You don't think Lincoln's going to win Best Picture? I mean, Tony Kushner wrote it. Steven Spielberg. Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, come on. It's going to be. And I was like, no. I, obviously, I, I mean, who doesn't love Abraham Lincoln? He, it's Lincoln. It's Daniel Day Lewis. Like, right. there's what's not to love? I was like, Argo is a it was is a movie that is literally about how Hollywood saved hostages. Yeah, the Academy is going to vote for that movie <laughs> yes. because it makes them feel good about themselves. Yeah, it was an interesting story, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, I was like, that's 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 and and. And Argo won Best Picture. Yeah. So I, it's just what you were saying there is that I, it, it's it's funny because I think that there are shows out there, are shows and films out there that are like, oh, you know, Hollywood's great actors are great. And then you'll notice that like they get a lot of attention like in Hollywood yes. for being great. And I think it's because it's like a uh, an affirming. Yes. <laughs> An affirming experience to be like, yeah, that's, we, we are doing important things. Yeah. <laughs> An Oros Boros is typically like a negative thing. But yeah. In this case, it's like feeding yeah. on their own self-worth. Because exactly. they're making themselves important. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. <laughs> well, who, who do you think, I know that you have a few things marked down with people that you think will win and people that you might prefer to win yeah but we'll make note of whatever you have to say so what i'm thinking honestly is um i think michael keaton gave a really really great performance in dope sick and um he won the screen actors guild award which feels like a lifetime ago exactly yeah i know he had the way i mean the way the award seasons stretch out yeah it's very strange um Especially for TV. Like, I feel like Dope Sick was on a year ago, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. Um, yeah. But he was good. He was, he, I mean, like, not, he was, I mean, he's more than good. He was, you know, um, I thought it was a brilliant performance and very, very affecting. And I want him to get it. I assume he'll get it. The thing is, there's more recent stuff that has happened since Dope Sick, which might be fresher in voters' minds. Sure. Um I will be totally fine to see Andrew Garfield get it for Agreed. Under the Banner of Heaven. I think he was amazing. Absolutely amazing in that. Um, I mean, like, that show had us riveted. We were just like, you know, it was just so well done. And he does such a great job. Just like such a great job of just sort of anchoring the whole, you know, the story and being like the, you know, like the entry point for the audience into that story so i you know if andrew garfield gets it i'll be i'll be more than happy with that uh i will have some choice words if colin firth gets it for the staircase uh and this is not to say that he gave a bad performance 
Um, I don't think it was as good a performance as Andrew Garfield or Michael Keaton or Sebastian Stan, for that matter. Yeah. Um, he was great. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's that. And then there's also that the Staircase HBO miniseries is bad. Um, <laughs> and I did not care for it. And I wrote a very long article about it, about just how much I didn't care for it. So I don't, like, I don't want that series to be, like, winning anything. I love Colin Firth. Like, right. Give him an award for something else. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't want, I don't want those people involved in that show to think that they are like, oh, we won an award. That means we did something good. No. No. <laughs> no, you didn't. No. <laughs> how, uh, yeah. How are you? Do you have any uh, strong feelings or preferences in that? category or um that category is i i agree i think sebastian stan did a really good job and i haven't seen dope sick but it is on my list you you'll um, you're gonna love it it's so good yeah it's i've so, heard so good. great things but yeah andrew garfield tears it up in he's under the so banner good. of heaven he's, he's so, so good. good um i will say oscar isaac is the whole point of watching scenes from a marriage. I, I mean, love Obviously, him. it's a yeah. very small cast. It's basically just him and Jessica Chastain for yeah. the most part. And she does a serviceable job as well. She's not bad. But he is the reason to watch. But I, I would prefer to see Andrew Garfield take this home. I would not yeah. be surprised if Michael Keaton takes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the streak that he has had with that yeah. role. But um, Andrew just did an amazing job. So yeah. I would love to see him take that. I would too. I yeah. would too, for sure. Well, let's uh, move on to lead actress. We okay. have Tony Collette from The Staircase, Julia Garner from Inventing Anna, Lily James from Pam and Tommy, Sarah Paulson from Impeachment, American Crime Story, Margaret Qualley from Maid, and Amanda Seyfried from The Dropout. I think, honestly, I think that if Amanda Seyfried doesn't get it, I might, I might like throw things at, at, right. the, at the at the tv because she um her performance in the dropout was so good um and the amount of the amount of work she did studying you know not just elizabeth holmes's backstory but like studying interviews with her getting the voice down getting the posture down getting the body language getting the you know like she's and i've you know she did a couple of interviews talking about what it was like to, you know, be in that character. And she was like, if they want to do a dropout part two, I'll do it. Like she really, really, really got into it. And she's extremely, extremely compelling in the role. She's, um, I mean, I mean, see Fried's got a beautiful face. Not, yeah. And Elizabeth Holmes is not unattractive, <laughs> but like, they're not, it's, this isn't like a doppelganger situation. Right. But with the voice and the mannerisms and the, you know, just sort of inhabiting a human being. Um, I just think she's just, she did. I mean, and it's hard. It's hard when you're playing a real human being. Right. Who is somewhat known, you know, to the media, you know, and you have to, are you acting? Are you doing an impersonation? You know what I mean? And I think she, 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 she was acting. It wasn't just, you know, like, oh, I've studied her voice and I'm just going to impersonate her for eight episodes. Um, right. So I really, I, I think it should be her. I think it will be her. 
Um, in terms of everybody else on this list, um, I love Sarah Paulson. I think she can, she, she very rarely has done something that I don't care for. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, I mean, the list might be as short as Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, whatever that show is called. And that right. wasn't her fault. That was Aaron Sorkin's fault for not writing it well. Um, Shots fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I, I watched American Crime Story, um, and not great, not, it's not great that they couldn't find a plus size actress to play Linda, Linda Tripp. Tripp. Yeah. Um, but what she does in the role, what she does in the role is great. I mean, she, she, she sounds like her again. Yeah. It's like this is somebody who Sarah Paulson has a very distinctive speaking voice and she took the time to like listen to interviews and like get the timbre of her voice and figure out how to hold her mouth and like, Get it to work and, you know, I mean, they, they did a good job with the hair and makeup and prosthetics and everything. So, um, you know, she, it was, she looked more like Linda Tripp than Beanie Feldstein looked like Monica Lewinsky. Absolutely. And, and to the point where sometimes it was a little strange. I was like, is Linda, I mean, and Linda Tripp has passed away, but I was like, <laughs> it kind of feels like I'm watching the real Linda Tripp with a bunch of actors. Yeah. Uh, which is strange. Um... I wouldn't mind if she got it. Um, I think Lily James she was great. is amazing. Yeah. She was great. She's so versatile. I just think I first came to know her because of Downton Abbey. And oh, okay. The way her character was introduced on that show was so bizarre that I was kind of like, what? I mean, I feel bad for this actress, this poor girl. Like, they're, I don't even understand what they're doing with this <laughs> character. And then, like... She has, she's doing, she's got this amazing post-Downton career. career and she's yeah. so good. I mean, you know, Burge and I could talk for hours about how she's the reason why Mama Mia 2 is like so good. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, again, if she got it, I would be happy with that. Um, yeah. I did see Maid, uh, Margaret Qualley. She's a very, very subtle performer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her from The Leftovers. Yes. That's really yeah. what I know her yeah. from. Um, and she's, yeah, she's not like a flashy actor. No. Um, very reserved. I'm surprised to see her on this list, not because she did a bad job, but I don't think the show was particularly, like, it wasn't strong enough. It's just, it's just surprising that it's on any that that made is has been nominated anywhere because I think I think the um the plotting and the writing didn't really do um justice to the the fact that they had some very very talented performers. Interesting. Um, I haven't watched it, but I know Sophia put it on her best of list last oh, year. Oh, interesting. Okay. So. I didn't hate it. I just didn't I don't think it was I think it I feel like they should have workshopped it a little bit longer, maybe, and then yeah. like it would have been there. It was it's, it was it was. I mean, I was it was compelling. I kept watching. I wasn't like, oh, I'm bored, but I was kind of like, it's not quite 
100% hitting for me. So Yeah, and maybe that's telling why it's the only nomination they received right. on this right. primetime and she, I mean, she does, yeah, and she does, I mean, she, Margaret Qualley is great in, in the role, I think. Right. It's just, she was a strong actor in a show that was maybe not particularly strong. Up to par. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Understandable. Yeah. Uh, I love Julia Garner, but I, inventing, I don't, I mean... It's not quite the caliber. It's not quite the... Yeah, Inventing Anna Anna is like... uh, It's kind of... I don't want to be, like, mean, but Inventing Anna is, like, the trashiest (laughs) of all of these (laughs) miniseries that came out this... I mean, like, and I get it. Uh, I mean, like, just because of, like, what is about, who it was about. It's an insane story. Sure. But it's also just, like, the way that... um, like the way that the way that it was made and it's got that very and I'm and I'm not I'm not trying to say that Shonda Rhimes is tra- trashy. I'm just saying that I didn't even know she did that she, show. Yeah, it was um it, yeah, it, it was her it's it was her production. Her production. So yeah. like and I'm not saying that 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 is what makes it trashy. I'm saying that when you take a story that's already trashy just because like the real life story is around. trashy. Yeah. And then you get the Shonda Rhimes kind of, you know, like magical, like pixie dust on it. Um, and it, I mean, like it's beautiful trashiness. Like it was extremely sure. compelling, but I don't think it should be winning awards. Right. Um, <laughs> and then um, again, the staircase, you'd, I've it's made clear how I feel <laughs> about the, the staircase even existing as a show. Um, if anyone were to win an award for it, though, I think Tony Collette should um, because she was very compelling in giving a voice and a presence to a person who, um, for those who don't know, um, um her character, uh, in real life was found dead at the bottom of a staircase. And to this day, almost 25 years later, to this day, people don't know no, what happened. Exactly what happened. Yeah. And there was a documentary made about it. And of course... Everybody in her family could talk about her, but we didn't have her voice. She's dead. So, uh, Tony Collette, you know, brought a version of her to life. And I think that that, um, and it was compelling. It was, you know, I was like, I believe this is a real person. I believe this is a real person that people loved, you know? Yeah. And that's like the one thing that was, you know, very clear in the documentary is that she was extremely well loved. Um, so... I don't think the staircase should win anything, but if they want to throw in one, well, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I I think you make a compelling argument for Amanda to mm-hmm. take this, and from what I've seen of her work in that, I think it's great. Uh, the way you speak about Julia Garner, though, it it does shock me that Beanie isn't nominated this year in either this category or supporting actress i agree because i think she is co-lead actress with sarah i think so too in that show so i think it's interesting i i know they kind of have to campaign for things and it's kind of like whatever you get put up for right but it's interesting that from what you say about julia garner's performance Mm -hmm. maybe she could have been swapped out for beanie i'm just surprised because if Beanie and Sarah were in the same category. I'd be more apt to give it to Beanie than Sarah. I, I would agree, yeah. Just because I think she's so lights out in yeah, that role. I think so too. I um, I shocked, wonder if but... um, 
I wonder if she just didn't have time to do like the full on Emmy promotional campaign Maybe. because of all of the funny girl, the funny girl thing, whatnot. Yeah, uh, which <laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole other thing, <laughs> and I and I feel um, I feel terrible that that happened to her, and yeah. So I wonder if maybe it was just she decided that she was going to focus on that and, and, sure. and pulled back on campaigning hard for um, any, any, Emmy. any Emmy there. But she, yeah. I mean, I, I think she was, I mean, she she got the essence of like who, I mean, I love Monica Lewinsky. Like, I think I she's, like Monica Lewinsky too. she's an incredible person. She's, you know, a really good writer. She's like super super smart you don't get a job interning at the white house when you're 21 if you're stupid i mean that's the thing sure that's the thing that people keep forgetting they're like oh she was a dumb she was a bimbo she threw herself at him like they well, the nation needed someone to blame. Right, so. exactly. And I was like, but they, they don't, the White House doesn't just hand those jobs out to no, anybody. No, You know, um, and she, I also like that Monica Lewinsky was um, an executive producer on that right. show. Um, I like that, I, I like that Ryan Murphy approached her and said, I would like you to because yeah, I want we you need to, your say. Exactly. In and yeah. yeah, he's like, and I, I don't want to feel like I'm like rip, ripping open old scabs and stuff like that right. and like i want you to have a voice in this um and and i like that knowing that she did not shy away from them putting in some of the more um you know like personally embarrassing moments that you know are known to be true about their relationship yeah but i also think that like you know sh- like you look at pictures of monica in 1990 six and you look at Beanie Feldstein now and I'm just like that's that's her that's that's <laughs> yeah that's who she was it's kind of like you know very sweet bubbly you yeah, know absolutely intelligent um yeah I'm sad I'm, yeah, you just weird. made me realize I wish that she was <laughs> nominated I wish that she was nominated because I think you know yeah, I think she did a great job I think she did a really good job too but yeah so it looks like we're both going for Amanda so yeah Cool. We'll move on. So these next couple rounds are really just devoted to, well, with the exception of Seth Rogen, dedicated to two of the series. So these mm. will be quick ones. Mm-hmm. And I think we're probably both going to be in complete agreement. <laughs> and I don't think we need to run through all of the reasons why all of these different people are nominated. Sure. But for supporting actor, we have Murray Bartlett from The White Lotus, Jake Lacey from The White Lotus, Will Poulter from Dope Sick, Seth Rogen from Pam and Tommy. Peter Sarsgaard from Dope Sick, Michael Stuhlbarg from Dope Sick, and Steve Zahn from The White Lotus. And yeah. I think we both are going to go with the same person. I was going to say, hands down, this is Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. Yeah, this agreed. Is, this is, uh... Agreed. Oh, I feel, and, like, oh, The White Lotus was legit a year ago. I cannot believe that it's... I guess that doesn't it, seem real, but okay. But, yeah, it was... I mean, because it was, it was... We watched it when we were still... Living in the hotel before we moved into our new house. Oh, that's funny. Because, um, yeah, you have, like, a legitimate yeah, connection to the story, to but the also story, yeah. living in a hotel we, I was living in a hotel, and the hotel had HBO, <laughs> and we didn't have... We couldn't get any of our streaming stuff, so we were just beholden to what was on TV, and we were like, oh, hey, a show about a resort. Let's watch it. Steve Zahn is in it. Connie Britton's in it. And we were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, so... Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's neither here nor there. I'm just realizing. I. I don't know if I fully understand like the nomination, like the 
the calendar, like the, the Emmy fiscal calendar, oh, you know what I, I know, mean? I know. Because, if I, you know, like that show was like July, August 2021, which oh, I think does make it, I think that does make it too late to be submitted for that year's, that Emmys. year's yeah. Emmys because every, I, I think those nominations, like the those go out like in spring. Right, right. And that's the one thing that does have me nervous is that like it is oh. there it's enough like not even enough. A lot of time has passed since the White Lotus was on. And I just hope that Murray Bartlett or I hope the show in general, but I don't think the buzz is dead. And especially no. with season two looming. That's true. Yeah, like they next are. Month, yeah, I exactly. Think. Yeah. So yeah, people are thinking about. Never also, fear, Rhea. <laughs> I, I just I get worried, and I'm only worried because I want Mur- I want Murray to get that award, man. Me too. I he I mean he he was sublime. Yeah, absolutely sublime. <laughs> so we'll move to supporting actors because I think the the hype train for the White Lotus might continue. Yep. It's uh, Connie Britton for the White Lotus, Jennifer Coolidge for the White Lotus. Alexandra Daddario for The White Lotus, Caitlin Deaver for Dopesick, Natasha Rothwell for The White Lotus, Sydney Sweeney for The White Lotus, and Mare Winningham for Dopesick. And I think we're both going Jennifer. I think we're both going Jennifer uh, <laughs> with, with, with a slight interjection Got that it. if for some reason there is an upset and they give it to Caitlin Deaver for Dope Sick, I would not have a problem with that. Fair. She does a very, very, very good job in a very sad role. She's a great actress. I think in she's everything amazing. she's in. Yeah. yeah. She's so good. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. She was great. I don't know. Did you watch The Premise? BJ Novak's no, anthology I didn't. series? I didn't. She was in an episode of that and was ridiculous. I loved Unbelievable, too. Yeah, Unbelievable, Unbelievable was, so was one good. of those, like... I want there to be like a spin-off so there's more stories of like Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette as cops yes. solving mysteries. <laughs> yes. I mean like I know that was based on like a real a thing story. that happened, but I was like, can we just can get we get them just, together yeah, all just, the time? Like, keep the characters together and make up other things for them to be doing because I would watch that yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah. They had such great chemistry on screen. They yes. were like I'm like, this is the cop partnership of like my dreams. And I yes. love cop shows, you know? Agreed. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, um, I loved them. But, 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 I mean, Caitlin Deaver was absolutely heartbreaking as yeah. Marie um, on that show. She has this, um, she has this, like, core vulnerability that mm-hmm. she can always tap into. Um, and she can do it playing all, you know, like, playing freaking West Virginia coal miner who has an accident and gets accidentally addicted to drugs or just yeah. a young girl who was sexually assaulted, who's coming out of the foster care system and like trying to make her way in the world. And, um, she was in beautiful boy, the movie. Oh, I didn't um, watch that. But yeah. It's, it's definitely about. worth watching. Yeah. She plays, um, an old high school friend of, um, Timothy Chalamet's character. Mm-hmm. And, um, she ends up being, something that makes it makes him relapse um from like a year plus of sobriety mm. well she doesn't make him it's just Sharp like they, triggers yeah exactly yeah, yeah they Aww. see each other and that you know um and that was like maybe the first thing that i had actually ever seen her in it's a very small role yeah um she's great yeah i like her a lot yeah 
Yeah. yeah. I'm happy for her. Her career seems exactly where it's supposed to be for an actress of that caliber at that age. Right. So right. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, I I will admit that these uh, next two categories, the writing and directing categories, made me realize I always thought that the people behind the show, the production team, had to submit a specific episode. Mm-hmm. For eligibility for writing and directing, but mm-hmm. the fact that White Lotus is nominated just outside of itself, no episodes, because Mike White did it all, I'm assuming that's why they don't have oh, to specify a certain episode. I did not consider that, right? I did not consider that at all. Wow. Because, yeah, so for writing and directing, it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into writing first. Dope Sick, uh, The People versus Purdue Pharma. Mm-hmm. The Dropout, I'm in a Hurry, Impeachment American Crime Story, Manhandled, Made, Snaps, Station Eleven, Unbroken Circle, and just The White Lotus. Wow. So I'm assuming it's because Mike White just did it all. Just did it all. And so he didn't have to choose a specific episode. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. I didn't do the research. <laughs> just speculation. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Um, it, I mean, this, and this is hard. This is a hard category, honestly. A, a, a very difficult category. And it's interesting because I think the writing and manhandled for impeachment. Yeah. I'm surprised I wasn't also nominated for directing or instead directing. Right, right. Instead of just instead writing. Instead of just writing, yeah. But it is a, a very, very compelling episode yeah. of television, for sure. Yeah. And the other ones I'm unfamiliar with, um, except for The White Lotus. Gotcha. But, I'm surprised to see I'm in a hurry being uh, for, from the dropout being nominated in the writing category. I think I believe that is the first episode of the dropout. Um, it's it, it's an important episode because it's world building. It's where you you, sure. you meet everybody and you know who. I mean, it's 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 not like a bad episode, but. Um, I mean, I'm seeing which two episodes of the dropout were, have been nominated in the directing category. And those two, I think should be in the writing category over this one. I I just don't think they know what they're doing. Exactly. I was, I don't really, I don't understand the rationale behind these decisions. Um, so I, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I'd be fine with dope sick winning it. I just don't know if this is the episode for it. Um, not Dope Sick, uh, The Dropout. Dope Sick, uh, The People versus Purdue Pharma. It is a very strong episode, and it is, I mean, Dope Sick, part of what makes Dope Sick ambitious is that it covers a really, really long period of time, and there's a lot of timeline jumping. And, um, you know, they have the, you know, like kind of runs on screen. So you're like, okay, now we're in 2007. Now we're in 1992. Now we're in 2019. Um, and, and that was the one thing that I didn't care for very much because if you weren't paying really, really close attention, you could kind of lose where you were in the story and be like, okay, is at this point, how bad, like, does that, how, does everybody know that the drug is really bad at this point? Or are we still in the like, hmm, problem usage, but we can nip it in the buds I don't know um so the people versus Purdue Pharma I believe is the is the finale um and it is very very tightly scripted um very very well done 
Uh, the whole show is like that. It's very, very, um, I'm know, sure. Very, yeah, very, um, it's intricate because it's a, it's a huge story just with a lot of people involved. Um, I, I'd be happy to see them win for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then made, I unfortunately don't, hmm. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember the episode title names for episodes oh, on the maid, so I actually don't know which one, which one this is. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So, um, I don't want to like write it off, but I'm, I, I feel like I can't really make an intelligent <laughs> choice assessment. for that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I would lean, <laughs> honestly, I would lean towards the White Lotus no matter what. Yeah, I'm also choosing the White Lotus. Granted, I'm a little bit weak in my knowledge for these two categories, um, but I will say I think Mike White did such a good job of making sure all of these characters sounded different. Yeah. Even though it was just one person writing for all of them. Yeah. And there was never any overlap with character intent or motive. Right. They all seemed very well defined. Right. And yeah, I just loved it. Yeah. I think it's so funny and yet so heartbreaking. Right. Exactly. To manage that large of a cast and still be able to differentiate between all of them. Right. And especially navigate the space of the hotel itself. Right. I think it's really great. <laughs> exactly. I think it's great. Yeah. I think so, too. I think, um, I feel like that's a no-brainer, honestly, <laughs> but, you know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, which leads us to directing. Uh, again, we have a few episodes from the ones that we've already spoken about. We have Dope Sick, The People versus Purdue Pharma. We have The Dropout, Green Juice. We have The Dropout Again with Iron Sisters. We have Made with Sky Blue. We have Station Eleven with Wheel of Fire. And again, just The White Lotus. Just the White Lotus. Which is what I'm going to go with, just because it's what I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is a similar thing with Dope Sick, uh, this particular episode, People versus Purdue Pharma. Um, I, I, I mean, like, the directing and, and writing on that series is just on par. It's great. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can see that winning, uh, with, with these two episodes of the dropout, these are great. Um, green juice is the episode where you see Elizabeth Holmes transform from, um, you know, like precocious, uh, college dropout wonderkind into, uh, I am wearing all black turtleneck. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm late. I'm the lady Steve jobs. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm going to sell you a product. I'm going to sell you a product, and I'm going to speak in a voice like this all the time and try to make people think this is how I actually talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that lends me gravitas. I don't know. I, I People are fascinated and curious about her voice, and they will be for the rest of their lives. Nobody understands <laughs> why she talked like that for as long as she did. Um, so that's the episode where you see the transformation and how it was like an intentional... Um, an intentional transformation um, because she was beginning to, to understand that she was the face of a company. Right. And it was like, it's like a branding thing. Um, and she, you know, starts drinking green juice, which is gross. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've had some good green juice. I don't want to write off all green juice, but like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, drinking it compulsively kind of 
Um, so there's there's that. Then um, branding. Yeah, and then um, Iron Sisters is another good one because it's one where she is really trying to situate herself as like I'm an influential woman in a STEM field, and you know I I care about you know supporting like my iron sister it's weird because i uh, it, it's based on like a real ad campaign for theranos but like if you say iron sure. if you say iron anything i think of iron lady and then i'm back to thinking about margaret thatcher so i was just like you know i don't know who came up with that i don't think that was the, like what is iron i don't know what iron has to do with, with women in stem uh, fields. Um, I mean, I assumed it was just because they're using blood. Yeah, but yeah, and yeah, and I can see why blood sisters would have a very different connotation. connotation. Yeah. Um, but it's also an episode where, um, I believe this is the episode where, um, um, Erica Chung who is, um, she was one of the two whistleblowers and, and, and Tyler Schultz was the other one. I think this is when they, they were starting to think about whistleblowing. Sure. And, um, you know, er, I guess Erica Chung was asked, was asking for support fr- from the company because she just was noticing that things were off and she got in a lot of trouble and basically gets fired. And so it's one of, it's kind of this are you really supporting women in STEM or, right. you, you know, so like, right. um, both, both are really worthy picks for this category. Um, I have the same problem with made. I just don't, I didn't retain any of the episode titles, so I don't know which episode sky blue was. Um, but I'm going to do the same thing as you. I'm going to say it's the white <laughs> Lotus because it's just that good. It's just that good. It is just that good. Again, I, again, but, um, you know, if Dope Sick or The Dropout ends up winning in this category, I won't be mad. But um, I think The White Lotus was quite the accomplishment, um, especially, you know, being a COVID-era production. That's and, true. You know. I hadn't even taken that into consideration, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. They filmed, I mean, like, they basically, like... That resort where they were filming at, like, they was just, their that was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they Smart. just, yeah, exactly. They just took it over and they were like, we're going to be here till we're done. And that's how we're going to be safe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's, a, it's ambitious. They did a lot. Um, so. Yeah. So for series, uh, we have Dope Sick, The Dropout, Inventing Anna, which is wild that that got onto series, but whatever. Yeah. Pam and Tommy. And the White Lotus. And I think this is an easy one. I don't think we need to run through all of these different series. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they all have their merits. I'm going to put my vote for the White Lotus. I could easily see it going to Dope Sick as well, just because of the traction. But I, I'm going to put my vote with White Lotus, because that's where I want it to go. Right. I um, This is tricky, because I want it to be the White Lotus. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling... That it's going to go to Dope Sick. So this yeah. is a thing where I'm like, I'm going to say Dope Sick because I think that is the... Where they're going. That is where they're going. But I but I want it to be the White Lotus. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I don't think Inventing Anna is strong enough. <laughs> I don't think Pam and Tommy is strong enough. And, and Pam I don't and Tommy know if, was great, but it's not yeah, it's best not, series. It's not best series. No. And the, I mean, and the dropout is, is strong, but the drop, dropout is... Uh, 
I mean, a dope sick and the White Lotus are are far and away above and beyond um, the other series in that cat in that category. So yeah, it's going to be one of the two. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, dope sick. I've heard wonderful things, and from what you've spoken of it, mm-hmm. I I can totally see it going that way. But White Lotus would be a very fun upset. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. I I mean, and well deserved. I I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, all right. So. We are going to get into our little speed round. Okay. Um, we'll go through it because, granted, a lot of these programs have been running for years and years and years, mm-hmm. or they are programs that maybe we're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. So, speed round it is. Okay. So, for television movie, we have Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Ray Donovan, The Movie, Reno 911, <laughs> The Hunt for QAnon, The Survivor, and Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. I have not seen a single one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm going to put my vote with Chippendale because it's the only one I've seen and I really did like it. I thought I it mean, was I'll, great. I mean, I'll vote for that too because I know who Chippendale are. <laughs> Woo! Um, so, <laughs> let's go, Chippendale. All right. Yeah, awesome. I've, I've heard Reno 911 was really fun. And yeah. And I'm sure for people who like Ray Donovan that that movie was pretty good. But again, yeah. I, that's I, not me. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. I haven't watched Ray Donovan. So. I didn't. I didn't realize they'd made a movie. I didn't, <laughs> when you read that out loud, I laughed, and then I was like, "Oh, am I mean for laughing?" <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there who really enjoyed that. But I just think it's funny when things have the movie yeah, at the end. It's like exactly. Come on, guys, do a little better. Um, for variety talk series. We have The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. We have Jimmy Kimmel Live. Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Late Night with Seth Meyers. And The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Tough. Tough. This I lo- is a tough one. Yeah, I love Stephen Colbert. Um, and I love what John Oliver does. He's so intelligent. In terms of who is the best at doing this kind of show, though, I think Jimmy Kimmel... All has right. become really, really like a really strong talk show host, and just like interesting, yeah. And then, I mean, like this is a guy who like I remember from like a hundred years ago on Comedy Central. There used to be a show called Win Ben Stein's Money, and he oh yeah, and he like co-hosted that with Ben Stein. Yes, he did. And then he was like he was like one half of the Man Show with Adam Carolla, which was just like horrible like yeah, not great like not great sexist misogyny but he's like just i think as a human being and as a performer and it might just be just like growing up and getting married and having kids and having more response but stuff like that he's 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 100 i mean like i think he's ashamed of being affiliated with the man show at this point i i would hope so yeah you know it's not a good yeah, it's not good a good thing look. to hold on yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, you know, I mean, and every, something in his past. But. Everything I've heard him say, I mean, like, you know, politically and just, you know, he's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's a stand up yeah. guy. And I think he's, um, I just think he has the, I just think he has the, the format. He's, he's the most easy conversationalist out of all of these people. Interesting. Um, I mean, again, like Stephen Colbert is great. I still think Stephen Colbert is stronger in his political commentary than he is in the um, 
sit down and chit chat. Sure. I think when he has a guest that he's very familiar with, yeah. it's it's great. Yeah. But I think when it's someone he, he's not as familiar with or doesn't have a past with, right. I do think it, it is... It's a little stiff. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Whereas I think Jimmy Kimmel, it just I, he just must be a super extrovert or something. I think he's just very, very comfortable just being like, hey... He sounds um, like an uncle. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's something about Jimmy Kimmel. Maybe it's because... I've picked him apart in the past mm-hmm. that every once in a while I'll watch him and then I just get offended pretty easily by him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just like a trigger thing. I mean, he's I, not, he puts his foot in his mouth. For sure. Yeah. Like I remember when the U.S. women's national team for soccer, you know, won a championship and he had Megan Rapino on and he asked her about her hair color. Yeah. And I'm just like. All right, this isn't great. I don't, I don't love that you're focusing on yeah. something so arbitrary yeah. as her hair color. I know it's supposed to be like a popcorn type of show, right. but I feel like you maybe wouldn't have done that to like a male athlete. Yeah. Maybe you would have. Who's to say? Right. Because he is just kind of like a jovial, goofy dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, he definitely, I do like that he takes breaks and I like that he gets people to guest host his yeah, show. I yeah. think it keeps it fresh. I think so nice. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, the, the person that I will talk about later, I think is the best in the writing category, but he wasn't nominated in the writing category. Mm. So I think that's interesting. But I'm going to go with John Oliver, not because I think his show is the best, but because he's won in the past pretty recently. Mm, and mm. so I think that streak will continue. That makes sense, yeah. Um, and I get his show. I get it. It's not necessarily for me all the time because I think he is one of those types of comedians who likes to yell. Yes. And it's like, John, calm down. Yeah. You don't need to be screaming. Yeah. I mean, It's not yeah. as funny as you think it is. You can just be funny without the screaming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do think that he is on a streak right now and so yeah that might continue that here. might continue yeah and i'm and, and, so and we'll a, see. a well-deserved one too i mean he's for sure he's, he's wonderful so for variety sketch series we have a black lady sketch show mm-hmm. and saturday night live i think this is a no um just it's gonna be saturday night live because it's I, always saturday night live i agree i think a black lady sketch show is very good and very funny and i'm glad to see it nominated but when you're going up against a juggernaut like snl yeah that i think is like still obviously very good yep um yeah it's probably gonna go there exactly <laughs> so <laughs> writing for a variety series a black lady sketch show the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and Saturday Night Live. Here I feel it has to go to John Oliver. Great. Great. I'm into that. See, what I'm surprised is that for directing, Seth Meyers is nominated. But mm. for writing, Seth Meyers isn't nominated. Yeah, no, that, that I think is his writing extremely staff strange. Yeah. is very talented. Yeah. Um, I love Amber Ruffin. Oh, I know she's, she's kind of gone yeah. to do some of her own work. I don't know if she's always on staff at Seth Meyers, but I'm just really surprised that they didn't get nominated for this. Yeah, it's I, I just I feel like some of these nominations are extremely arbitrary. arbitrary. Yes, and it's also I'm I'm sorry, it's very weird to have to sit down and be like. You've got a variety talk series category and a variety sketch series category. And then you lump it all together for writing and directing and just call it variety series. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't, I can't evaluate a sketch show next to a talk show. No, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sense. make any it's sense. the same 
type of writing staff, but very different mechanics of what they're writing. Right, exactly, yeah. and what purpose it's 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 serving. serving. Absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm like I don't I'm like you can't compare the writers' room at Saturday Night Live to you know like John Oliver writing his show or Trevor Noah writing his show. I mean, it just it doesn't. Right. It doesn't track. I don't. I'm I'm confused. Emmy Academy, please reach out to me <laughs> and explain explain why. And maybe I maybe I'll I'll feel better about it. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I I don't get it. Yeah, it's interesting because I think we're getting the tail end of seasons, which did take place during lockdown. Mm. So I'm right, wondering right, right. how much that's going to. F- factor in i am also going to put my vote for last week tonight with john oliver for writing yeah but for directing we have a black lady sketch show mm-hmm. last week tonight with john oliver late night with seth myers the late show with stephen colbert and saturday night live and i think for directing i'm gonna go saturday night live. i was gonna say i would say i would do the same thing just because yeah. i mean to direct that show have i ever sent you the video they um saturday night live has a series of uh videos that they have on youtube I have the great use the did you have you seen the one about the control room yes yeah so i'm Wild. just like yeah i said i saw that and i was like just give them the emmy every year i don't know how they do it i mean it's just so phenomenal it's phenomenal and it also just looks like i mean like your blood pressure is shooting through the roof oh yeah you're like all oh, right yeah. in, in the commercial break bet- before the next sketch we are trying to figure out which lines of this sketch to cut. I mean, like, when you're... That's, yes. like, that's how by the seat of the pants they are. And, like, you know, Don Ray King is still, like, all right, camera three, camera four. What's going on with this sketch that's about to happen? Like, it has a new ending? What do I need to know? <laughs> you know? Like... Yes. Uh, yeah. Definitely, and, definitely deserving. And I know. think, too, if it is catching the tail end, I can't remember where the cutoff is for what's nominated, what's not. Sure. But if they are getting credit for the direction that they took during lockdown. When oh, when they were separated. all, like, from home. Yeah. Or I'm just thinking of that episode that they did for Ukraine. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. That yeah. opening monologue. And then when they had the choir sing. And yeah. All of that was just great. Yeah. So I'm not saying that these other programs didn't do something like that. But I thought how Saturday Night Live makes itself known on a fairly regular basis as being, like, more than just comedy. Right. And that was a really powerful moment. Right. That they happened to capture. Right. So. And also, I mean, like, just, you know, even just from, like, a technical standpoint, there's so much going on on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Um, And I feel like with uh, talk shows, it's – the, the, the scope is not as ambitious. You've got – you got your shot of the band. You got your shot of the desk. You got your <laughs> right. shot of the where the guests sit. You've got the different angle. You know, it's not right. There's there's nothing too crazy going on on a talk show. And then you know, and 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 John Oliver, I've fallen off. Is he is he back in a room with live people or is he still? I think so. This would have been a nomination for one of the seasons where he was in the in the in the white box or the. Empty void. What, what oh yes, it? the empty void. <laughs> the empty void. Um, well, it's just like with Seth Meyers; he was in his attic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so again, it's like I, you know, there's there's not a lot of flashy directing moves going on right. in situations like that. Whereas right. 
you know, Saturday Night Live, like, it's just constantly something. Something. So they, I, I think that's a no-brainer, too. So. Yeah. And then lastly, for this segment, mm-hmm. we have competition program. So for you listeners, we have The Amazing Race. We have Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. We have Nailed It, RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Chef, and The Voice. Uh, sentimentally, I want it to be Top Chef. Uh, <laughs> I think RuPaul's Drag Race is going to get it. I think... I've watched every single season of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I think it's going to get it, too. <laughs> I was going to say, I, it's, I think it's just... It's, it's, just, it, it's impossible to dislike that show. <laughs> It is. I mean, I, it's I mean, easy like, to dislike people on the show, right? But the but show, the itself, show itself is just is delightful. Yeah, and so yeah, the, uh, I think I think that's going to be RuPaul, like in a landslide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that show is just on this momentum train. And yeah, I don't know when it's going to stop. Yeah. Um, I just finished Canada last night, and then uh, Philippines is going on right now. Oh, wow. And UK season four is starting this month, too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like a force of nature at this point. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, good luck to all these other people, because uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to RuPaul as well. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, so we've covered two of our segments. Uh, the limited series segment, I think it's probably the one that maybe Rhea's most passionate about? I'm not sure. I It is definitely... Yes, it's definitely the one that I have the... I've, strongest I've, opinions. I have the strongest opinions, and I've seen... I've seen all of them. Almost all of them. Yeah, that's... Um, so that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, which I, I mean, again, it either means that I had way too much free time, or... You, know. you like television. I do like television. <laughs> That's, yeah, I own it. I like television. Yeah. I like good television. That's yes. the thing. I mean, like, this is all good, well, with the exception of the staircase. This is all good television, you <laughs> right, know? Right, right. Um, but yeah, so I think we're done with that first half. We're going to take a quick break, listeners, and then we'll come back and get into comedy and drama. Alright, and we are back with our Emmys predictions. So we are going to tackle the land of comedy before we get into the land of drama. And I think that comedy is where the Emmys struggles the most. I think Mm. they don't know what to call a comedy. I think there are some television programs that really kind of don't fit any particular mold and they get lumped in here. I was always so baffled that Orange is the New Black was nominated as comedy Comedy instead of a drama. Yeah, I was like, that's that's a drama that has some funny stuff in it. Right. I agree. That's not a comedy. No. No. And I think, and we'll get into it as we go through these uh, nominations, but I think Atlanta, while it is wildly funny at times... That's that's not a comedy. If they're calling it a comedy, then why is it not nominated in other categories yeah like, it should be all over this list but instead it's only in one section yeah of this list which makes no sense to me yeah no it's it's again emmy academy if you want to reach out to either of us and, and explain <laughs> like what what the thought process is here what's going on here yeah like what's the rationale because this is these these nominations are strange yeah some of them are some of them are on point and some of them are just like 
what? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll just get into it. So for lead actor, we have Donald Glover from Atlanta, Bill Hader from Barry, Nicholas Holt from The Great, Steve Martin and Martin Short from Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso. I think Jason Sudeikis has this wrapped up. I agree with you. <laughs> um, I am, I think, maybe one of two people, because I know Heath is also in this camp. I think we're one of the few amount of people who have not watched Only Murders in the Building yet. I've heard great things. I'm excited say, to watch it. I will say season one is good. Season two is not as strong. Hmm. Um, we did, I mean, we didn't give up on it, but, um, there was a point in season two where we were like, mm, they've, they've kind of lost, they've kind of lost the plot. Um, but the way they ended season two was a big old cliffhanger that looks like season three has a lot of potential to oh, be great. Good. So hopefully they can course correct. Um, but I will say that for sure. Uh, I think it's hard to dislike season one, I think, you know, and I, I just, and they also like, there's, I mean, Steve Martin and Martin Short have been friends for years and they, you know, like we know they have chemistry and absolutely um, inserting Selena Gomez into the mix. It, it's, it's just funny because Tim and I heard about the show and I was like, first of all, I was like, man, I bet they're so glad not to be working with Chevy Chase. Um, I saw your Facebook post. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Selena as the third amigo as opposed to Chevy Chase. But it's funny because, you know, like, you know, Tim has two children who grew up watching Selena Gomez on the Disney Channel. Yeah. So when we heard about the show, we were like, Selena Gomez, what? Um, <laughs> and it works. Like, the three of them together are, they're so charming. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it, it's, there's, I don't know what it is about the, it's, it's, it's just about their personalities. It just, she, yeah. she sort of like, she fills in a, a missing piece. Like, it's like, there's, you didn't Steve know it was Martin. missing. Exactly. Yeah. And she slides right in and it's like, it's super compelling in a way that Chevy Chase working with those two will never be. And I, I, I I can, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't like Chevy Chase. <laughs> In case people don't know, I don't like him. Uh, he's not nice. Nobody likes him. Yeah. And, and if he has a problem with me, he can take it up with me himself. Um, but I'd and, love to see that. Yeah. Like, everyone knows he's an asshole. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, talk to the, everybody who worked on Community. You yeah. Know? It's sad. Um, yeah. That's sad. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah, because Selena killed it on the episode of SNL. Yes, I, and that was the I love that sketch. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, Melissa Villasenor. Not to get too far off track. Why did she leave the show? She, they, they, they I'm didn't, so bummed. They, they, were, they, they didn't renew her contract. Oh, it wasn't of her. Volition? It wasn't of her own volition. I mean, uh, uh, Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, and Kyle Mooney left of and, and Pete, Pete, Pete mm -hmm. left of their own volition. And Alex, Alex Moffat and Melissa, Aristotle. Ar yep, Aristotle and Melissa just didn't get renewed. Oh, and what a weird move on their part. Yeah, Aristotle, I feel like I could see the writing on the wall. He was just very underused. I think he just couldn't find his niche there. Yeah. Um, he was good as that, like, weird lounge singer. Yeah, yeah. But that was, like, his one. That was, like, his one. Was, yeah, yeah, it was, like, he, that's probably the, the character he auditioned with, you know. Probably. Um, which, you know, which is fine, because that's usually, like, And it made you know, it to air. Yeah, exactly. So that's exciting. Um, 
Alex Moffat, I'm sad because I think he's a great all rounder. Like he's, Me too. you know, he's a great. He's he's you know he can play it funny. He can be a straight man. He can you know the guy who bought a boat. Exactly. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> the guy who just bought a boat. He also uh, fun trivia. I lived in Chicago in the Chicago area for three years when I was little. And Alex Moffat and I went to the same elementary school. Oh wow! He's two years older than me, and he's not. He's he does not know who I am. Yeah. Uh, and I did not know who he was either. I Fair. found I found that out by reading Wikipedia, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's an interesting coincidence." Maybe you passed him in a hallway. Probably, I probably <laughs> did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going to lunch. Um, but yeah, uh, Melissa. Doesn't it break your heart? It's, yeah. I mean, and they. I mean, they underused her. From All the, start. the time. She's so talented. I mean, like, when you have an impressionist like her in your cast and you... Don't use her. Don't use her. I'm like, well, I, I just don't understand how or why. I mean, like, and she had some good character work, too. But, like... Yeah. But she was just... I mean, she, she's probably the best impressionist... I have ever seen. Yeah, she's very, very good. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, that's it, that's just a bummer to me because I was always waiting for her, like waiting for her to have her like. And sadly, big with thing. with Kate leaving, I was thinking maybe Melissa yeah. will get more screen time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we but, both went Jason Sudeikis. So yes, we didn't talk Sudeikis. about why. We'll get into it later. It's Ted Lasso, and Ted Lasso is delightful. Also, no, you know what? And Jason Sudeikis used to be on Saturday Night Live, so that justifies our tangent. Yes, that's, I like it. That's that's um, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> there we go. Huh? So for lead actress, we have Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We have Keenta Brunson for Abbott Elementary. We have Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning for The Great, Issa Rae for Insecure, and Jean Smart for Hacks. I love Issa Rae and I want it to go to her. I, I have yeah. a feeling they're going to give it to Jean Smart. I, I'm putting my vote with Jean Smart as well. I am sad that Insecure did not get it, the praise it deserved. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think the last season was strong. I think previous seasons were stronger. Mm-hmm. And I just love Issa so much. Yeah, and I do too. The yeah. fact that she was writing most of that. I know. That's the thing is like, I mean, she's, she's, she's so good. She's so good. She can't really go up against Jean Smart with. Right. I mean, also like Hacks is a show that, um, I only very recently discovered, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, and I love Jean Smart. Like, yeah. you know, she's, she's, uh, an American treasure, you know, like she's great. And she is so good in that role. She's so good in that character that like, I can't be mad if they give it to her, no. you know, like, no. I'm just bummed that like, you know, it's more, I'm just bummed that the, just like the way, the way things work out that someone like Issa Rae doesn't get the acknowledgement that she deserves. Yes. In, in these situations. Um, I, I just, it's funny. I've, um, I have fallen off of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I, I just, I keep meaning to go back and picking it up and, and, and catching up. Um, I think I dropped it at the end of season two, not because I was mad. I just, oh, it's just funny. like, I ran out of time. Yeah. I watched the first episode of season three because mm-hmm. I had spent season one and two 
kind of hate watching it. I did not care. I do and not really care for it. Season three, I watched the first episode and I said, okay, it's never changing. I already don't think it's that great and I don't think it's going to get that much better. Yeah. And so I dropped it purposely, which yeah. is a rare thing for me. Yeah. I dropped it accidentally because... Of where they left season two, I was like, oh, there is potential for some change to be had. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to give up quite yet. But then maybe subliminally I made the choice that you did. Because <laughs> I didn't I didn't even watch the first episode of season three. I just haven't looked at it. I um, Yeah, I think it's a show that they bill as a comedy. Yeah. But I don't think it's that funny. It's not funny. No. And I think a lot of the jokes are made at women's expense. I think so, too. Which I think is strange because they have an obvious female showrunner. Yeah. Um, and I then... mean, they are. It's, it's, it's funny because, and it's funny to be talking about this while we're talking about Gene Smart and Hacks because, yes. um, you know, like in some ways, you know, Mrs. Maisel is like, a little bit of like Joan Rivers' yes. origin story. Absolutely. And then Gene Smart is very obviously her character is yeah. Gene exactly. Smart towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So um and, you know, and a lot of um a lot of Joan Rivers' early comedy was self hating, you know? Yes. So I I I get it, but they're not what I don't like about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is that they won't just come out and say it. They won't just say, yes, we are looking at like how somebody like Joan Rivers became famous. Like they don't want to admit that that's what they're doing. Right. They're not owning it. And I think that's part of why the humor just starts to feel strange. Cause you're like, uh, was I supposed to laugh at that? I don't feel good laughing at that. Well, um, it's also not as much about, Mrs. Maisel is like ragging on herself during her stand-up bits, but she also puts a lot of other women down for yeah. being more concerned with beauty and image. Right. And then a lot of the other jokes are pointed at Alex Borstein's character. Yeah. Calling her certain names or generalizing her body shape or how, right. how right. she presents herself to the world. And all of that is generally played for laughs. Yeah. Which is weird to me. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. And I also just... I don't know. There was, like, there's a whole... I I I find her relationship with her... I love Tony Shalhoub, another national treasure, yeah. you know? But I find her relationship with her parents to be um, extremely strange and off-putting. <laughs> um, I think it's basically just to get these characters and yeah, things together. Exactly. To but talk to each exactly, other. Exactly. But I, just, I extremely off-putting. Um, the entire, like, we're going to the Catskills thing in season two, I was like, uh, Dirty Dancing already happened and was better than this. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't care. Yes. Um, you know, like, there's just, I, I feel like a lot of it is derivative. A lot of it is, you know, as you point out, like, you know, the humor is kind of punching down, um, in, in ways that like are uncomfortable to watch and also like don't necessarily serve the story. I think they're trying to tell, right? but they also won't come out and say that they're trying to tell this type of this story. Type of story. Yeah. Whereas I think hacks 
doesn't put it out there. They're not like, you know, it's not like there's a giant blinking thing on the screen saying this is Joan Rivers. Exactly. But like, but you're anybody who knows comedy, comedy and knows Joan Rivers and knows, you know, just like her whole thing. Right. You see very clearly where, you know, like where Jean Smart is pulling her inspiration from. Yeah. Um, and they, and they're not leaning away from that and they're, you know, and I think Hacks actually does a really good job of interrogating like how, somebody like Joan Rivers becomes that person and like, you know, unpacking that and trying to find like, you know, I like, that's one of the things I really liked about hacks was like forcing that character to confront, like, well, these jokes are funny and they've always been funny and people always laugh at them. And it's, and, but and then just like sitting down unpacking that and being like, but wait, that's really fucking sad. Actually. Yeah. That's really sad. And I can do more interesting comedy. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, but it, but just like the way she was like, I got a thing that works. I got a formula. I got a schedule. I got a whatever. Everyone laughs at this joke. I don't care. I'm making mm-hmm. fun of myself. Whatever. You know. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, shows about, talking about shows about comedy, I think Hacks is a much more interesting show about comedy. And I also don't think The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a comedy series. I, I agree. And yeah, yeah I think. When, when it comes to dissecting comedy shows and trying to figure out if it's a good comedy, I always have to remind myself, well, it doesn't matter if it's funny or not. We're just looking at the bare bones of the structure of the show. Is it a right. good show? Right. And I, I guess for the placing of it in comedy, sure, that comes later. But with Marvelous vs. Maisel as well, I think they do a lot of tell and not show. Mm, I think there are a lot yeah. of characters talking about how funny Mrs. Maisel is. Oh, she's so funny. Oh, she's so funny. And right, like, right. And she's, she's not. She's, yeah. I, I mean, you telling me having characters within the show say that she's funny doesn't help me at all. Yeah. But I love that in Hacks, it's such a smart show that they don't really show a lot of the stand-up per se. Right. They did a lot more in season two than season one, but it's more about the behind the scenes. Yeah. And it's really about the crafting of the joke, which in turn, you're kind of watching the crafting of the show. Yeah. And I just think it's like, as you said, a much more interesting show to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, Gene Smart. Gene Smart. We're going with it. Yep. So for supporting actor, we have Anthony Kerrigan and Barry. This is a huge category. Yeah. A lot of, (laughs) how did all these people get nominated? I know. Again, (laughs) Emmy Academy, can you explain, I mean, if uh, explanations needed, you know, like. (laughs) We have Brett Goldstein from two nominations in variety sketch series and there's like 12 (laughs) in these supporting actor and actress category. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) No, you're good. (laughs) Like, this is absurd. Um, We have another two from Ted Lasso. We have Toby Jimmo. We have Nick Muhammad. We have Tony Shalhoub from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We have Tyler James Williams from Abbott Elementary. Henry Winkler from Barry. And Bowen Yang from Saturday Night Live. I want Bowen Yang to get it, and I don't think he's going to, but I want you him want to. You want him? He's so funny. He's great. That the, the he's bit, You've seen the bit where he's the iceberg? Yes. That the Titanic went into? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you came to where I work and you hit me. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I have a feeling that this is going to go to Brett Goldstein. I would be so happy. And I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, um, 
I want Bowen to get it because I think Bowen is super talented. Yeah. But um, I think Ted Lasso's on a roll. Mm-hmm. And of the three Ted Lasso nominees, mm-hmm. Brett Goldstein is my favorite. Yes. Um, I mean, but I mean, these are great. These all three from Ted Lasso are great choices. It's, it's something to say that Nick Muhammad plays a character that becomes so unlikable. Yeah. In that season. And he does it so phenomenally. It's, and it's like so subtle. subtle yeah. Subtly over time. Yeah. It, 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 it Like, you don't realize how bad it's gotten until you're... And until like, it's terrible. And then you're like, oh, man, you know. Yeah, so I will say, there's something to be said about that. And maybe that's why I don't think he should get it, because it's like, oh, that character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, But, uh, yeah, Brett Goldstein. Roy Kent. He's yeah. There, he's there. He's every fucking where. Exactly. Roy Kent. <laughs> Roy Kent, <laughs> yep. I, I, I do love him. I think he's great. I think, as I told you earlier, we are a, a we are a Chelsea football club mm-hmm. house, and um, so we were very thrilled when it was revealed uh, in last season that uh, Roy Kent uh, came to Richmond, but he was he made his career as a Chelsea player. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, Chelsea. <laughs> um, so this yeah. category, I will say is the most confusing to me Mm -hmm. for Donald Glover getting nominated for Atlanta in the lead actor category and not to have Brian Terry Henry in this category or Lakeith Stanfield getting nominated. Yeah. When I would argue that Atlanta season four uh, probably featured Donald Glover the least. I felt like those other two actors really came to prominence in that season Mm -hmm. and were really holding it up almost just as much as he was. Mm -hmm. So I just find it really confusing that they're not even even nominated. Yeah, that's... um, What happened here? (laughs) What happened here, Academy? Many many questions. We have many questions. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I can understand the other categories. I've been hearing wonderful things about Abbott Elementary. I have to. I have to, So I'm sure that all of these actors are super well-deserved. I know Quinta Brunson from A Black Lady Sketch Show, and she's Mm -hmm. great in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. And... Do you watch Barry? I'm in season one of Barry. We, so I haven't. St- we, ha- I've not started, but see, it is on the list. It is. On I'm the sure list. there's a lot of love for that too in yeah. these nominations, and we're just kind of yeah overlooking them. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, like it's on. The, I mean, like I love Bill Hader and I love Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. There's many things that I think I, I like that make it a show that I'm pretty sure I'm going to like. Um, everything I have read about it, though, and everything that people have talked to me. Uh, uh, told me about it is is Barry is one of those shows that like is it a comedy? Mm-hmm. I I mean you know I I can't have an intelligent opinion on that having right. not seen it yet, but I do know a lot of people who are like it's actually not much I mean, it's, more it's, it's, cerebral it's much, than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah I mean it, it's almost like oh we're calling this a comedy because Bill Hader's in it, right? And it's about improv and acting and yeah and, and somewhat like, comedy kind of yeah 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 but it's all and it's but but like it's it's dark like very it's dark super dark um and not necessarily like a sitcom you know right so, yeah I, I don't think the emmy will ever do this but i think it would be much more interesting if they merged comedy and drama and maybe discarded those uh, specifications. I don't really know how yeah. that would work. Merge it. They, they would probably have to merge it and then and then increase the number of nom- nominees. Yes. Or, or make other like, kind of stipulations. Right. Maybe cable and streaming. I don't really know. That would, you know, that would probably be a good move too because 
you know, unless you're talking about HBO, um, what the streaming services are are creating the 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 caliber of programming that we're getting from streaming networks compared to what is coming out of just like regular broadcast network television. Right. It's, it's, it's not, it's like, there's no contest. It's unfair. Yeah, you know? Well, there's no comparing them. Yeah, even. exactly. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like there are probably a lot of great little shows that are on right now that I'm just not paying attention to because sure. I'm like, I got to watch Only Murders in the Building. I got to hop on over to Hulu for that. <laughs> right. Here's like the other thing I want to watch on Hulu. Pam and Tommy. Okay. Next up. You know, I mean, like, I think, I think that, I think that that would be a, probably an, a, a, an approach to make some of these categories, like the nominations more equitable and to give a chance to some shows that like, you know, people probably just, are not aware of because everybody's watching Ted Lasso. Yeah. You know, everyone's or you know, like everyone's on Netflix watching or on HBO max. Right. I mean, like we probably don't need to have our television service anymore. We keep it for jeopardy. I know. We, you know? we keep ours for Saturday night live. Yeah. You can't watch it live anywhere. Peacock, put it on Peacock. <laughs> yeah. And I will buy that in a heartbeat. Yeah. But yeah, we keep we keep the TV for Jeopardy, for Premier League Soccer, yes, and for um, Antiques Roadshow. We're nerds. Um, <laughs> that's you know, but that you know, like that's that's pretty much it. And then like you know, and then most of our programming choices are HBO Max, Apple TV Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, yeah, yeah, Hulu, you know, Paramount. Uh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus, yeah. Um, you All know, the eye rolling for me. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so and many. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to keep track of. And but yeah, I wonder if it would be better if they separated it into like a dark comedy and like classic comedy. Because right. I feel like you have like Abbott Elementary, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Even Ted Lasso. Like those are like almost more classic comedy structures. Right. Um, like I was a fan of AP Bio and that. Shows yeah, on. Yeah. I think those comedies hold a place and are important. Yeah. And back in the day, like that's what existed. You yeah. Had, like your Cheers, you had like your Taxi. Exactly. Like, that's what a comedy was. But comedy has now evolved into like this weird thing where you have like your Atlantas and right. your Hacks, right? And that are about. I'm not saying they're better. I'm just saying they're different. Exactly. And like, how can you compare them to Apple yeah. Elementary? Yeah. Exactly. I have it's no just, idea. It's. it's it's nonsense. I mean, you can't. You, <laughs> you <know>. can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, these categories get just very strange when you're breaking it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll get into supporting actors and just keep going and yeah. talking about how weird these are. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Alex Borstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Hannah Einbinder for Hacks. Janelle James for Abbott Elementary. Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. Three for Ted Lasso. We have Sarah Niles. Juno Temple, and Hannah Waddingham. And we have Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary as well. So this is a situation where I know they're going to give it to Kate McKinnon because... Oh, because it's her last? Yep. It's it's her last and it's Kate McKinnon. And I, and I don't want, I would, I don't want to I be I would be like, okay with that. Yeah. Like she, you know, 
let her have her victory lap. She she deserves it. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Hannah Waddingham because she's just been on a roll. So I'm going with I her. Was, I think they might choose to vote, but I'd be happy to see Kate take it. Yeah, I, and that's, I mean, I think your reasoning is sound as well. And I would honestly prefer that Hannah Waddingham get it. Uh-huh. Um, because I think she's, I mean, I think I think Juno Temple's great too. But I think Hannah yeah, Waddingham does Keely. some like... Yeah, she's she's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I went as her for Halloween last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Hannah Waddingham has like she just she has done some really amazing work on this show and and knowing and, yeah what that season was for her character. Yeah, she got a lot of room to play with. Exactly, yeah. and she's you know and and as you said, she's on a roll. So like, I think you're right. I think the precedent is probably um, suggesting that it will go to her. I I just I suspect that there might be a slight sentimental, you know, thank you for your work, Kate. Your decade thing. of yeah, service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly for for Kate McKinnon. Um yeah, so, that so like, yeah, I I wouldn't be mad. I would prefer it to go to Hannah, but um, Yeah. I also think special shout out to Sarah Niles for playing Sharon in Ted Lasso because I think her character work in that show as the therapist really yeah. shook up what the show was. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that takes an immense talent to come into an already well-established group of characters right. and be able to hold your own and right. have such a strong presence. Absolutely. And I think that was because of Sarah Niles. Yeah. But I don't. I think it's cool that she got nominated yeah good recognition uh, yeah, yeah. But, she's a, it's a but a very much a long shot like yes very <laughs> very much a long shot <laughs> so we'll get into the writing and directing uh categories for the the comedy and these i also find very confusing but mm-hmm. <laughs> we have abbott elementary for the pilot for writing we have two episodes from barry we have 710 n and starting now we have the one the only from hacks we have True Crime from Only Murders in the Building, which defines we are talking about season one, mm-hmm. Only Murders in the Building, and not mm-hmm. season two. Not season two. We have No Weddings and a Funeral from Ted Lasso. And we have two episodes from What We Do in the Shadows, good representation, mm-hmm. uh, The Casino and The Wellness Center. Here I am going to go with Ted Lasso. All right. Yeah, I I agree. I think that episode... It's a very strong episode. Agreed. And that's, I mean, speaking of um, Hannah Waddingham. Yes. That's um, that's a big, big episode for her character. Um, yes. And there's just a lot of, there's just a, a huge spectrum of emotions and feelings and just like mess that she has to sort of portray um, in that in that episode and i think she does it really well so agreed and um, it's the first inklings of like when we start to see ted really come out of his emotional shell as well right right yeah exactly great episode exactly yep so for directing we have atlanta new jazz we have barry with 710 n mm-hmm. we have there will be blood from hacks we have one nomination for the miss pat show uh baby daddy groundhog day <laughs> <laughs> we have two episodes from Only Murders in the Building. We have The Boy from 6B and True Crime. And again, Ted Lasso, No Weddings and a Funeral. So I think that there are two episodes here that are front runners. One would be, again, Ted Lasso, No Weddings and a Funeral. Um, just solid 
work there. Um, I'm, I don't want to spoiler only murders in the building for you. Um, so I'm going to try to explain this <laughs> very carefully so I don't ruin it for you. Um, the boy, Much appreciated. The boy from 6B is a really, really, it, 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 it would have been a very, not would have, it definitely was a very difficult episode to execute. I will leave it only at, at this, is that it is told, that episode is told from the point of view of a character who is deaf. Oh. And that's the, that's the entire episode is seen through that character's eyes. Oh. And that's, so, so, so imagine that and then directing that episode and I, and, and how they achieved it. And they did a, a very, very good job. So, um, I think that they're, that they're definitely deserving of, of a nomination for that. And if they were to win for that episode, I think that that would be totally acceptable and not a problem for me whatsoever. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's, All right. uh, that's where I fall on that. <laughs> So, hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 torn. And I'm torn because with Atlanta, that entire season was great. Mm-hmm. The entire writing team was great. Every episode is well written. Every episode is well directed. Mm-hmm. Uh New Jazz is a very, very good episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's it, it makes sense why it is the one that's I guess pulled apart part from the pack to be nominated for this. Right. But that season of Atlanta has a series of episodes woven into the story that don't feature the main cast at all. Mm. And they're kind of bled in and out. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of learning about these characters. You're kind of seeing them in different spots. And then things kind of come together at the end, but kind of don't as well. Right, right, right. And uh, so I think the entire season is great. And I'm... New Jazz, I get, I get. But the the last episode, Tarar, is also very, very good. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see this go to Atlanta just because I think they put out a phenomenal season of television. Mm-hmm. So that's where my heart is. But right. I also think No Weddings and a Funeral is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's great on more of a written side than a directing side. I would agree with you there. So I think I'm going to go with New Jazz for okay. Atlanta, just because I'm speaking it out into existence. So maybe it might come back, <laughs> <laughs> but hard to say. Right. <laughs> and I didn't mention earlier, too, with Supporting Actress, with Zazie Beetz not getting nominated for Atlanta mm. as well. Just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Crazy talk Emmys. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so moving on in the comedy category. Right. Uh we're in the last one series. We mm-hmm. have Abel, Abbott Elementary. We have Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and a surprise return from what we do in the shadows. This is a massive category. Uh, again, I'm going to say Ted Lasso. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I, they've just got, they've got the momentum. They won last year. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, Only Murders in the Building is... Season one is good. It's it's just still it's it does not have. There's so much that is good about it, but it does not have the magic 
that Ted Lasso has. There's just some, there is some, something about the alchemy of the way that that show is constructed. Yeah. Um, that it's, I don't, I don't know how they've done it and I don't, I don't know how you would even duplicate it, but, um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's just a good show. Uh, you know, I, I love me some Larry David. I can't believe Curb Your Enthusiasm is still, I mean, and that's, this isn't like a knock on Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's just, I feel like Curb Your Enthusiasm has been on television for 20 years at this point. Like, yes, it's been around a long time. Yes. It is crazy to me to see it on like a nomination list like this. I'm like, he's still doing it. All right, Larry, <laughs> you know, like. I love it. I do love it. Yeah. And I think it's so funny. Yeah. But it is one of those shows, because I've seen it all, mm-hmm. and it is one of those shows that when you watch it, you have a really good time, and you laugh, and you laugh. And every once in a while, something will stick with you, mm-hmm. and you'll be thinking about it later. Yeah. But for the most part, for me, I'll speak for myself, it's in and out. Yeah. It, it doesn't really do anything necessarily memorable yeah. most of the time. Yeah. But it's still like you're spending time with your good friend, Larry David. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's fun. Yeah. So I think they're just giving it, like, throwing it a bone just to be yeah, like, exactly. we see be you like, out we there. We see you. We see you. We love You're you, still Larry. doing it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's going to be mad. <laughs> no. you know, I think he knows you won't get it. And he'll, no. yeah. he'll be like, that's fine. I didn't want it anyway. I'm Larry David. I'm Larry I'm David. The fuck awards. Whatever. I don't need this. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to see what we do in the shadows here. It's taken a while to, for it to get here. I haven't seen it yet. And, so um, that's exciting. I'm, I'm, again, it's like on my ever-growing list of programming i need to tackle <laughs> yeah um so season four just wrapped it or didn't just wrap it just finished like mm-hmm. season four is all out this was nominated for season three okay and um yeah this i think season three is timing of these award shows and these nominations is very strange i used to think when award season would come about that emmys was like at the front yeah. But this year, it feels like it's at the end. It's at the end. And, and I don't know how that happened. Maybe that's maybe that's the way it always was, and we maybe. just didn't... Because I thought that, too. Yeah. And I, it might have just been a gross misunderstanding of, like, the way the season works. works. Yeah. Because, um, like, the, the beginning of the year is just so front-loaded with Golden Globes. Who knows if that's going to happen again. Right. You know? Oscars. Um, and- um, Oscars, Screen Actors Guild, all of the, like, Guild Awards... You know, um, those, you know, like, get front-loaded, like, in the first three three or four months of the year, and then there's a long, the Tonys come around somewhere in spring, I think. But, like, the Tonys are doing their own thing. Um, you know, so it's, like, it's not really relevant. <laughs> right. And then, like, and then, like, the Emmys happen, and I think... I think you're right. I think you and I might have just not realized until now that the Emmys are actually the last award show of the cycle, not right. the first. Um, the first is probably the Golden Globes. Yeah. Or, know, or, or something. Yeah, or maybe seasons of television are coming out more quickly, just like faster. I, I think so too. I think the streaming, uh, just like the landscape with streaming series, uh-huh. it has complicated this because back in the day when it was just the four broadcast networks, yes. pilot season, pi- exactly. Yeah. Your show would start in September and it would wrap in May. It was, it's like a school year almost, yes. you know? Um, and you'd have 22 episodes, 22 to 24 episodes, you know? Um, and 
with streaming series, they don't have to hew themselves to that timeline. They can just be like, hey, our new show dropped yesterday. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, you know, like our, our new show dropped yesterday, uh, September 8th. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, or, you know, like our new show dropped, you know, like July 17th, you know. Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, all of those, the, like the dropout and Dope Sick and Inventing Anna and all those, like they were all out at the same time, like in spring, like early yeah. spring. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I just think because they have that freedom they, to not be bound to like the traditional television schedule, they can just put out the work when it's ready. But I think that that probably does make it confusing to calculate like which season of the show is eligible for like this year's award season. Right. And I think that's how we end up with a situation like white Lotus being nominated for the season that aired over a year ago, which is right. very peculiar. I, you know, I mean like, and I, I'm glad that it's been nominated and I wanted to win everything that we want it to win. But um, it, yeah, it's, I think that's definitely a, a great example of like how the the just the landscape of television programming has changed and how the you know just like the rise of the streaming services and, and yeah. that kind of programming has um you know just impacted scheduling and it's such a unique problem just i guess when you're doing these award series yeah. things with television yeah. whether it be the emmys or the SAGs for television series. Right, right. Because, yeah, everything else for films, it's very easy. Your yeah. film came out at this time. Doesn't matter if it came out on a streaming service. Doesn't mean, doesn't right. matter if it came out in theaters. Right. You know, it right. came out. Right, right, right. Easy. Television, it's a weird landscape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what we do in the shadows, uh, I do think this past season, season four, they shook it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more nuanced. I think it would have maybe a better shot next Emmys. Yeah. To okay. get some good stuff. But I'm excited to see it on the board. Cool. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But all right. So we are here in Drama Land. In Drama Land. Okay. Drama Land, which isn't as confusing to me, but also I have some questions here too, but we'll get into that later. Sure. <laughs> so for lead actor, we have Jason Bateman for Ozark. We mm -hmm. have Brian Cox for Succession. We have Lee Junjae from Squid Game. We have Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, Adam Scott from Severance, and Jeremy Strong from Succession. This is a hard category. I'm going to tell very you, difficult. I'm going to tell you what I want, and what I want is Bob Odenkirk. Okay, I think he deserves it. Um, they are technically eligible next year as well for this past oh, season. Good to know. I so was this going isn't to ask his, you. I, this isn't. I'm, I'm assuming that. Well, yeah, it would have to be because this series literally just wrapped three weeks ago so they wouldn't this wouldn't be a nomination for that well yeah so, you tell me plan and execution that episode was in the penultimate season i assume uh, um that they split that last season up into two chunks the way they did with breaking bad and smart Batman. yeah smart yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was like a mid-season finale and um got it yeah that was season and, six episode seven yeah and yeah, and I don't, I don't think that those, I don't think that these, because it's still all considered season six. So I think these nominations are all coming in from season five. I, again, have not, don't quote me on that because maybe I'm wrong, but I hope. Well, Plan and Execution is up for a writing nom. 
Oh, so maybe and that's... So, oh. And that was the mid-season finale. So, so you're okay, right. So I think we are... maybe. So, okay, so everything up to plan and execution is on the table for yes. this year and then for everything. Okay, interesting. Uh, All right. Either way, I want Bob and... I want Bob Odenkirk to get some recognition for this role at some point um, because I think he does some really amazing work um, for a guy who's, you know, like he was a writer on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He never thought he was going to be an actor. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, like he's not, you know, and Saul Goodman was like the joke character on Breaking, you know, it's like there's, he, he's, he's done such a good job of making like the least well-rounded character from Breaking Bad into, like, this very, very complicated, nuanced human being. I want him to get recognition for that. Uh, I know that this is going to be hard when he's up against cast members from Succession. Um, Just because Succession is such a phenomenon. Uh, I know, I think this is the last time Ozark is going to be nominated for anything. And so I feel like... There's a strong possibility that Jason Bateman will get it because because Ozark, um, <laughs> you know, um, and also like we didn't watch Squid Game. I don't understand what Squid Game is. You and I are seen bad this, then because neither yeah. neither of us have watched Squid Game. Yeah, I mean, I saw the Saturday Night Live parody of Squid Game. <laughs> Squid and, Game is high on my list. I yeah, am going to watch that too. Yeah, I've, and but it, like it looks like Squid Game became such a thing. That, that that could very easily be, like, one of those, like, upsets, you know? What I, I mean, like, it looks like that, like, like, Squid Game just developed this, like, cult following very fast. Yes. And so I, I'm, I, you know, like, I, I just feel like this is a hard category. I would love, if Bob Odenkirk doesn't get it, I think Adam Scott did some really good work in Severance. And I think Severance is an amazing program um, in general. So, like... There's nobody I don't want to see getting this. Like, I don't object to any of these nominations, but I very strongly want to see Bob Odenkirk get recognition for Better Call Saul at some point. So that's where that's. uh, So I'm I'm going to say Bob Odenkirk because I feel like that's 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 what I want. Uh, Even though intellectually, I I think that this might not be his year, but we'll see. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely think next year he will walk away with it mm-hmm. just because, because of, the Academy. Yeah, exactly. Just does like, that. Like with Mad Men. Exactly. Yeah. John Hamm lost every year because he was up against Brian Cranston. Breaking Bad yep. ended a year before Mad Men did. Yep. And he, that was when then John Hamm got the award. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. silly the way that works. Um, going from what I have seen, which is, out of this list, Succession and Severance. Mm-hmm. Um, I do understand the fascination with Squid Game. I'm excited to watch it. And people rave about Ozark. So obviously that's on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched but, um, all, with Ozark. We watched the first two seasons. Oh, okay. So you're in it somewhat. It is somewhat, but it's gone on. And after season two, we were kind of, um, I, I think this makes us anomalies. <laughs> A little burned a out? Of, yeah. Burned out, and also it felt like it just wasn't as... It just wasn't as compelling as it had. Like, it didn't grab us the way it did in the first season. Sure. Um, but I think that 
we are weirdos because I, <laughs> everybody else is like, it's fucking brilliant. Keep watching. And we were like, uh, you sure. know, like, sure. Um, well, I've, I've really come to appreciate my gut. Yeah. And there's so much television these yeah. days that you simply cannot watch at all. Right. Exactly. You can. And so, yeah, if something isn't grabbing you. Yeah. I, and I find too, I, I can't think of any specifics off the top of my head, but sometimes people rave about things that I don't think should be raved about. Oh, I, I agree there too. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe you'll get back on the Ozark train. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> my, my vote for this category is Jeremy Strong. For succession. Yeah. Knowing that it was this most recent season that is eligible for Emmys this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that season of television. I mean, Jeremy Strong's always killing it. Right. Um, in this show, but this last season in particular, he had a lot of plates in there that mm-hmm. he had to keep spinning. And surprisingly, he like kept them all up. Yeah. And yeah, he's just a joy to watch. Kendall Roy is a fascinating character. Yeah. And I think it's because of Jeremy Strong. And of course, there's all of the, you know, the speculation and the New York Times article that dropped about him, about how he's such a method actor. And mm, right, right, he right, even right. says it's a character that's hard for him to shake. Right. And, um, yeah. He, he seems like a good dude. And the fact that Kendall Roy has fucked him up so much means <laughs> yeah. he must be doing a pretty good job of playing the character. Right, so. right, exactly. So I'm definitely going to put my vote in his camp. Exactly. Um, for lead actress, this is an easy one for me, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, uh, we have Jodie yeah. Comer for Killing Eve. We have Laura Linney for Ozark. Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets. Sandra Oh for Killing Eve. Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. And Zendaya for Euphoria. I want Melanie Linsky to get this so badly. That would be really cute. It's not my vote, but Mm -hmm. it would be cute. Yeah. If it's an upset. Yeah. Um, Because I think she's great. I think that show is great. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I I mean, like, we really, really, like, latched on to Yellow Jackets. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I, I also, I mean, like, Melanie Linsky... She's been around a long time and she's so good and she's so underrated. And it's like, it's just nice to see her getting, you know, like getting like a really meaty character like that and like getting nominated for an Emmy. And like, you know, I'm just like, this is, you know, I want her to, I want her to win. I don't know if she will, but I want her to. (laughs) So. Yeah, that's fair. Um. I'd be okay with that upset for sure if she were to take it. Also with Laura Linney, if she were to upset, that'd be great. But you got to give it to my girl Zendaya. Um, I was going to say, I think she's at, um, the fact she's got the, 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 the momentum. Absolutely. So this I'm a little shakier on because Euphoria isn't up for any writing or directing uh, nominations in this, which is oh, wild. yeah. But I'm assuming that these nominations are for season two, because I'm trying to remember. I think she won the Emmy for season one. Uh, she did, yeah. Great, great. Yeah. So yeah. this is for season two. Awesome. And season two has some of the best episodes of television that I think have happened in the past five years. So I have to see it. I've not, yeah. I haven't even started watching it, and I want to, and I liked Zendaya a lot. Yeah. Know, like, I just... I think she's a good performer and I'm like 
she's an excellent performer. So yeah, yeah I, and her work in the second season is just phenomenal. And I know mm. we're saying that about a lot of people, mm. but yeah, just the places she has to go to and right. The, the work that she has to do, even just, like, memorizing choreography of certain things. Because right. this show, this season specifically, there's an episode that I cannot believe isn't up for directing or writing. But it's, like, following her. She's, like, running through town, essentially. Oh, okay. And she's, like, jumping over fences and running through people's backyards and going through her house Mm-hmm. And it's, like, all choreographed in a way that the camera, she is moving with the camera. Mm. She's running through traffic. I just think the work that she did in this season is great and should have gotten a directing on, but we'll get to that category in a bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just loved the season of Euphoria. It wasn't as tight as season one, but its highs were higher mm. than season one's I see highs. It, yeah, yeah. Which... You know, kind of is unfortunate. Maybe that's why it didn't get nominated as frequently. Right. And this, because the season as a whole wasn't as strong. Right. But what can you do? Right. But yeah, so for supporting actor, we have Nicholas Braun from Succession, Billy Crudup from The Morning Show, Karen Culkin for Succession, Park Hae-Soo for Squid Game, Matthew McFadian for Succession, John Turturro for Severance, Christopher Walken for Severance, and Oh Yoon Soon for Squid Game. <laughs> So I, uh, as somebody who admittedly has not been watching Succession, just based on what people tell me, I feel like Matthew McFadden is going to get this. That would be so cool if yeah, you got it. Uh, would that's I, I just feel like that's what people are telling me, so I'm just going to say that he's going to get it, even though I have absolutely no knowledge of this program to back up that <laughs> I guess because um, I, I that's again it's it's one of those shows that I just have not uh, it's one of those shows I'm going to sit down and binge all at once like eventually you know yeah um, which is basically what I did with Better Call Saul as well but <laughs> um, you know in terms of um, you know like shows I have seen um, John Turturro is heartbreaking in Severance uh, and um, you know if he were to be an upset win, uh, I would be fine with that. Um, cause I, I just, absolutely agree. Yeah. I think he's, he's so, he's so good. Christopher Walken is good too, but John Turturro, like. It's really chewing on some stuff. Yeah, exactly. Christopher Walken's kind of Christopher Walkening through the role. Yeah. Um, he's, he's saying the lines. He's saying the lines. Doing he's doing what a, he needs to exactly. do. He's, and he's, but he's, he's, he's still. As he is usually, he's still fundamentally Christopher Walken uh, yes. on the TV show. Um, you know, whereas John Turturro is is you know is acting, um, yeah, and and acting very well. I mean, like, and it's a very sweet and sad plotline. Um, yeah, and uh, and I think he he's just done some very strong work, and he deserves it. So because. You and I, we don't have quite as big of a rivalry in this Emmys game mm-hmm. as, say, the group does for our Oscars prediction podcast, <sighs> right. which is, you know, for blood. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. I might split our votes here and mm-hmm. go for the other succession actor who would also be a treat to see get this, which would be Nicholas Braun. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I think both of those actors, rarely are they in a scene where they're separate. Nicholas Braun and Matthew McFadden are mm-hmm. really, like, scene partners most of the time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it's kind of difficult to separate the two. I think Matthew McFadden's character has like the meatier stuff to do, mm-hmm. but I think Nicholas Braun is, I think probably has an equal amount of screen time this season. Yeah. And his character is just so funny. Right. Um, that I think I'm going to put my vote with him. I do feel sorry for Billy Crudup because I think what he did in the first season of the morning show was so good. Mm. And I think they're. They're not quite sure what to do with this character anymore in mm-hmm. the second season. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't think he had as much to do right. in the second season of The Morning Show. Right. But yeah, those Severance guys are great. And yeah, if, if John Turturro did take it as an upset, I'd be very happy for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll get into supporting actress. Uh, we have Patricia Arquette for Severance, Julia Garner for Ozark. Her second nom mm-hmm. in a different category, which is cool. Mm-hmm. We have Jun Hong Yu for Squid Game. We have Christina Ricci for Yellow Jackets. Rhea Seahorn for Better Call Saul. Jay Smith Cameron for Succession. Sarah Snook for Succession. And Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. Um, I want this to go, and I think this will go to Ray Seahorn for Better Call Saul. I think just because at this point there is so much out there about how Better Call Saul is just as much about Kim Wexler as it is about Saul Goodman slash Jim Mugill. Right. Um, and she is phenomenal in this character. Um, she's underrated. I'd never heard of her before this show. I mean, she has a... She's been a working actor for years. She's yeah. been on some very forgettable sitcoms and stuff like that. I think this is her first real like dramatic role um uh she 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 even more than bob odenkirk deserves uh recognition for her work and so i'm hoping this will be her year uh if patricia arquette got it i wouldn't be mad i wouldn't be mad um you know i would also even understand you know obviously like succession is a huge force to be reckoned with just generally right now um so i'm i i'm not necessarily like confident that ray seahorn will be able to overcome that yeah (laughs) you know but i want her to so that's that's where my vote is sure yeah the succession ladies i love my girl j smith cameron i think she's great in succession Sadly, I don't think either of these actresses are ever going to nab an award mm. unless they give it, – it always seems like they're going to give Siobhan more to do mm-hmm. in Succession. But then by the end of the season, her her character always gets like kind of like axed at the knees. Right, right. So I feel like they keep cutting her short of the stuff that she can do. Every scene that J. Smith Cameron's in when she's on screen, she's like taking up all of the space. Right, She's right. great. right. Um, so yeah, I, I love those girls. I love Sydney Sweeney and Euphoria. I think there's a lot of good work here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Christina Ricci for Misty took it, I'd be happy too, because I think that's a great character. It is, yeah. Um, my, my vote is going to be Julia Garner, because mm. I've heard nothing but good things. She is very going good. all off of Buzz. She's very, this. very good in that role. Yes. Um, and it's, and to watch her in Ozark and then to go and watch her in Inventing Anna is kind of like, whoa, yeah, this is a... Very talented actress. Yes. Very, very talented actress. Um, yeah, so. for sure. Um, but I, I will say I'm 
a little upset for Britt Lauer not getting a nomination from Severance as Helly R. She's great. Because I yeah. think her acting in that show, everyone's acting is great. Yeah. But I think she, as a character who comes into the situation, um, kind of last. Yeah. You meet her last out of the core group of actors. I think she's really doing some great work in that show. Yeah, and absolutely. Very nuanced. Yeah. And yeah, I think. Absolutely. Why did she not get a nomination for this? Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? I would have nominated her over Patricia Arquette. Yeah, Patricia Arquette gets more screen time, certainly. Yeah. But I, and she I, is a supporting actor, I guess, to the crew. But I think she's kind of doing her own thing. Yeah, most of the she's time. she's sort of she has her own agenda, right? And it's like her own agenda that's like separate from like everyone else's agenda. Like right. she, it's a it's an agenda that has nothing to do with Lumen, right? Necessarily, but maybe it has to do with like her devotion to the founder of Lumen, right? Um. And like, I guess they're gonna tease out like what that like what this what that separation actually is, right? You yeah. know, like where like why is there a lot? You know, I don't know. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot. There's 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 a lot of stuff they can do with Severance the way they have the way they have it set up at this point for mm-hmm. for their for the next season. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I think Britt Lauer does more challenging acting than Patricia Arquette Arquette does on that on that show yeah I would definitely agree with you yeah all right so we'll get into writing okay we have Better Call Saul with the episode Plan and Execution Mm -hmm. Ozark A Hard Way to Go Severance The We We Are Squid Game One Lucky Day Succession All the Bells Say Yellow Jackets F Sharp and Yellow Jackets again with the pilot. Plan and execution is so good. Um, and again, I don't. I'm not. I'm. I need to not spoiler this for you. Um, <laughs> it's a. It's. It's. Um, it's so well written. And. It is the one of the only times in my history of watching TV where I have had a physical reaction to something that happened on screen. Like Ooh. I had a, like, and Tim did too. And that's not something that happens to him. Like there's a thing that happens in that episode. And we both were like, oh! like we both like made noises and jumped and kind of, you know, I mean like, yeah, um, I vote for that. <laughs> I love um, that. I vote for that. Uh, I mean, like, I just, that it was that, and, and I've, many people I've talked with about that episode have expressed the same thing that like that, that there, there's that moment in that episode and everybody has a physical and visceral reaction to it. And, and, and the reason why that happens, you have that reaction, is because of the structure of the writing and the tension that is created and the in the inherent situation at play. I'm being so cryptic, but I, really, I, I like, like it. I really don't want to ruin it for you. Um, That's wonderful. Because I Thank want you. you to. Go, I want you to go into that episode blind, so yeah. that you can have that experience. 
<laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, you've just kind of convinced me to put my vote with that episode as well. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's interesting because Yellow Jackets, they're nominated for the pilot episode and F Sharp, which is the second episode. So I, I don't. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Because usually they'll put forth either the pilot or the finale. Yeah. And the fact that whoever decided to put these up for nomination decided to go with F Sharp and yeah. the Academy said yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that on here. It's odd. It, it's kind of makes sense because the pilot is a big world building episode just sure, figuring out sure. how yeah. the world of Yellow Jackets works and then F Sharp you get to like dive into that a little bit further. Right. Um. So I kind of get it. Um. I think Severance is almost difficult to separate it as episodes. I think so, too. Even though I watched it week to week. I did. Yeah, we did, too. We we watched it week to week. But Yeah, I love that Apple TV Plus releases them on a weekly basis. I do, too. I, I so appreciate that because yeah. it makes you feel like you actually have a chance in keeping up with something. Yeah, exactly. Which is nice. Exactly. So thank you, Apple TV Plus, if yes, you're listening. exactly. Thank you, Apple TV Plus. Um, so... And but I think Severance works better as a whole rather than separate. I think so, too. And I'm trying to, like, the we we are, is that, is that the finale? or is It is that, the finale. It is the finale. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was that or if it was that episode where they go on, like, the walkabout tour of the See, company. that's the one that kind of stands out for me. Yeah. If yeah. you were to do one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the finale is, um, and I'm not saying this to be critical. I'm just saying that, like, that final episode of Severance, I feel like, was less an less of an accomplishment in um, like being a really good episode of television, and it's more of an exercise of like putting the chess pieces on the board. Yeah, in anticipation for season two. Yes, like it's it's kind of it's kind of tying off loose ends and setting things up for for the conflict that's about to happen. Yes. I don't know if it's necessarily, like, as an episode, like, a strong piece of television. You know what I mean? Yeah, I tend to not enjoy... I think most people who watch television Mm -hmm. are very into the premise of setting up the last ten minutes of the episode in order to hook you for the next thing. Yeah. That doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah. I've never really been drawn to TV shows that do a lot of nothing in the middle. Right. And right. then set you up to be like, well, I got to tune in next week. Right. Um, so that kind of thing doesn't excite me. Right. And I will say, I think Severance is great. But I agree with you in that the finale was a little bit of a letdown. Because yeah. it did feel like it didn't really care about what it was doing. Yeah. All it cared about it was, just was getting up. to that yeah, last exactly. five minutes. Exactly. Which was a disappointment because the rest of the show had been so good. Yeah. Yeah. So... What can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Just hope that when they pick it up again, they can they can pull that momentum back. And, and Yeah. And I wonder, too, if it was a ploy to get another season. I don't know if they had landed season two at that point. I don't remember either, but and yeah. And so maybe they did it to say, like, look, we need it. Yeah. And to get enough people talking about it online yeah. to garner right. the interest. Who's right, to right, say? right. But yeah, I'll go with you as well. The Better Call Saul. Okay. Because I think all the bells say from Succession, I think it's great, but I don't think it is like, you know, a feat. Right, right. So we'll get into directing. We have Ozark, A Hard Way to Go, Severance, The We We Are, 
Squid Game, Red Light, Green Light, Succession with three episodes, All the Bells Say, The Disruption, Too Much Birthday, and then the pilot from Yellow Jackets. So here, what I would say is, um, just from like a directing standpoint, and with the caveat that I've not been watching Succession, and so it's entirely possible that I'm very off base because one or two or three of these episodes are master strokes in the, uh, in the art of direction. Um, I think that while we've said that the writing of the we, we are in severance is not, um, as in like, is not an inspirational choice for a, like a, it should win an award. I think the direction of that episode, though, is masterfully done. There's just a lot of balls in the air in that episode that you have to keep track of and keep the suspense mounting and keep every you know. And so I think from from like a directing perspective, I think that that it like just on that like technical level, I think that that was um, definitely worthy of. Um, recognition, but but having said all that, the pilot of Yellow Jackets is like the platonic ideal of a television pilot. It's like here's a world we're building the world. Here's every you know, and like the 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 saying is like when you're writing a pilot, put in as many beginnings of story ideas as you can yes so that you know a network that's watching it could be like okay i can see you can go here you can go here these characters might there maybe there's a will there or won't there you know like they can they can kind of like see how it all fits together yeah um and yellow jackets does all that with two different timelines and it doesn't feel like rushed or um claustrophobic or overly you know like they're giving us too much to deal with, you know, like they do or setting themselves up for failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, you get, you get a very, very strong, uh, understanding of both time periods that we are following and, and how it all works and like, you know, and the crash and the aftermath of the crash and all the relationships and the alliances. It's very well done. Um, I, you know, from a, from a directing standpoint i think i think i think it's very well done um so i would go i don't know which one i come down harder on which one i would i'm i i kind of almost feel like i want to split it i'd be i'm like i want severance (laughs) and yellow jackets um but that being said i it might end up going to ozark (laughs) <laughs> you know but at the end of the day at the end of the day it might go to ozark. yeah so it might go to ozark because ozark um you know so yeah um, I, you know these directing categories i will say just like on the whole um it's difficult for me to assess like the achievement in directing like a single episode of a tv show like i understand how to analyze the direction in a film um, but it's a little harder, especially when you're like given a very specific episode and you have to be like, okay, what happened in that episode? What did they do there? Was there anything like particularly, you know, like special or breathtaking or interesting? You know, I mean, like it just, I feel like it's, it's harder for me to remember 
remember any episode of television in enough detail that I can say, that was great direction. Oh, got it. I can be like, that was great acting. And that was a well-written episode. But I would have to probably sit down again and, like, watch. And watch with an eye towards the direction. Got it. To make, like, an intelligent choice. Whereas I think that when you're in a movie theater... Or in the privacy of your own COVID-free home. Um, <laughs> Watching and, a film is exactly, a lot different. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you go into the movie and it's... It's contained. It's and... contained. It's not It's not one of many that make a whole. Like, a film is is a, a, an entity into itself. And so I feel sure. like I can, I can evaluate multiple things going on in a film. Whereas one hour out of ten hours of a television series it's a little harder for me to kind of like pull that out and extrapolate like, okay, this is what makes this hour exceptional from a directing standpoint, you know? Yeah. I think the directing category, especially this one for drama is difficult just because there are two episodes I've missed the Ozark episode and the squid game episode. Mm -hmm. And I'm familiar with which episode red light green light is Mm -hmm. because of the meme of the character, right? right. Giant robot girl. Right. Um, and I assume A Hard Way to Go is an excellent episode of television. I don't have the wherewithal to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I do agree with you in Severance, that last episode, just juggling all the different character revelations and having to style all these characters to be acting a certain way because they have to be juggling whether they're the innie or the outie. I think all of that's very compelling. And I agree with you on the Yellow Jackets as well. Um, it is a hard category to choose. I think it's going to go to one of these successions. That's what I was going to say, too. I was just... When you've got three episodes... Yeah. If I had in one category. to choose, it's not going to go to this one. But Too Much Birthday is so much fun because it's about Kendall Roy's birthday party. And he has it in this giant like warehouse. And there are all these different rooms. Mm-hmm. There's like a concert happening. There's like a treehouse room. Mm-hmm. There's like a... A thing that they walk through, it's like they're being birthed. It's like, a, it's like a birthing canal that people are walking through to get to, like, the different rooms. Yeah. And there are so many extras who are attending this birthday party and so many moving parts that too much birthday should take it. It really mm-hmm. should. But yeah. it won't. Because I think it'll go to All the Bells Say, which is the finale. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put my vote there um, because there's this... It's a beautiful episode and... Mm-hmm. The composition of the shots that they get are amazing. Right. And of course, you know, it has like the final beats of the season and I get all of that. And there's this one shot in particular of three of the four Roy siblings that's Mm -hmm. like really iconic. Mm -hmm. And so I think they're going to give it to all the bells say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think too much birthday should take it for sure. Mm hmm. But I just want to give a shout out to a couple Euphoria episodes. You who cannot see, think of those who can. Mm-hmm. And stand still like the hummingbird, which is the one where Rue is like running through the streets. Yeah. And while I'm at it, um, yeah. I think that plan and execution from Better Call Saul should also have been nominated in yeah. this category. What's the deal? I don't know why it wouldn't have been because half of the visceral reaction that I had to that moment that I'm trying not to spoil yeah. for you is in the direction. I mean, like, yeah, they wrote it, and that's what makes it good. But, like, they also... Had to shoot they it. They had to shoot it, it and frame it and, and set it up it and, and stage it and, you know, like, time it and have it all, you know. So I, I, 
Again, Emmy Academy, please reach out to us and explain <laughs> what is going on. I don't know. Because, like, I feel like I feel like in all of these writing and directing categories, it should be like a one-to-one correlation. Every single episode that's dominated for writing, I feel like logically should also be nominated for direction. Yeah. Like, it's, for the most part. Yeah. I was like, I just, I, it's strange to me that, like. There's two Yellow Jackets episodes nominated for writing, episode one and episode two. And then there's only one nominated for directing. And then there's three succession episodes nominated for directing, but only one succession. Ep- I mean, like it just there's I don't I don't follow. I don't I don't follow. I don't understand. Uh, this is not yeah. how I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ish, uh, they, you know, can talk to us. We can give, give you some advice on how you should do we it. We can uh, help you is, out. Yeah. This is, this is not, this is not how I would do it. I, it's, it's confusing. I find it confusing. Yeah. I, I don't claim to understand, but yeah. I, I can tell you what I think about it yeah. <laughs> once, once it's gone down. Right. Right. But yeah. Uh, strange. Yeah. Well, we've reached the end. Um, Okay. The final category for best series in the drama category. We have Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, and Yellow Jackets. And guess what? Not a single This Is Us nomination. I was going to say the same thing. It's wild. Hilarious to me. I, I mean, like, they... Oh, man. Can't say that I'm mad about it, because I'm certainly not. I don't yeah. think... I think the show kind of unraveled. I think so. Yeah, no, I think so, too. But I just but think it's funny. I just wanted to throw I know, it yeah. No, they used to dominate these nominations. Um, yes, what do you think? I'm going to say... I'm going to say I want it to be Better Call Saul, and I know it's not going to be Better Call Saul. I think it's going to be Succession. Yeah. I, I think it is also going to be Succession... Um, I, I think the off chance that they might give it to something else would probably go to Ozark. Yeah. But. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be Succession. Um, wouldn't be mad if Severance or Yellow Jackets would, were to, to be an upset. I think it is very rare for a show in its first season, though, to, to pull off an upset like that. Especially yes. when you're up against something like Succession or Ozark. Or Better Call Saul. Or Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, so that would be that would be a very significant upset for either Severance or Yellow Jackets. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like 97% sure it's going to be Succession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a shame that Euphoria didn't have a stronger showing of confidence in these other nominations. Yeah, because I, I definitely would have, I would have had that as like a significant contender but it just it seems like they they're 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 just they're there's little hits here and there you know this year for them but not uh, as much not as much yeah yeah i know coleman domingo nabbed a uh an emmy for i always get this wrong guest actor maybe in Mm, the drama right i think that's a category yeah so yeah yeah, i was i'm happy to have seen that some people are getting recognized for their work in this right but it doesn't seem to be as mainstream as it was for that first season right yeah right but yeah so 
We did the damn thing. We, we did the damn thing. <laughs> we st- we'd still, again, uh, we would like we would like some clarification from the Academy. <laughs> when I mean, they are available to reach out to us, we are waiting and we are willing to discuss. I guess all of this could also <laughs> possibly be easy to research. We we have the internet. Or we do, yeah. But... We just, yeah, we're just not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it'll be interesting if you are listening to this, listeners, on... Uh, the Monday that this drops, we're recording this on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be dropping on the 12th, which is a Monday. And that means if you're listening to it on the 12th, the Emmys are tonight. So enjoy. <laughs> so <laughs> See how many we got right. <laughs> so we'll be watching, or I guess I will be watching. Rhea, I oh, know. I will definitely be we, watching. We will be watching. Yes. yes. And uh, seeing how these categories shake loose. Yeah. I am excited to see all of these actors together. I, I'm still a sucker for like a red carpet and just seeing what people are wearing. I love award shows. I, I, st- I, do. I still do. I know they're I'm problematic. Like, yeah, but, but I'm just like, it, there's just something about like the, all of the pomp and circumstance and the, yeah. you know, like seeing what people do and like. Some people are like, I mean, Timothy Chalamet, I don't know what he's going on about on the red carpet half the time. He wears crazy, crazy shit. But yeah, there's a part of me that's like, okay, you do you, Timothy Chalamet. Like, and that's the thing, like, I enjoy stuff like that about the red carpet. Yes. It's like when you get these, like, interesting fashion choices or, like, somebody who's just kind of like, I'm a weirdo. I'm declaring that I'm a weirdo in my fashion, which I think is what Timothy Chalamet has done has decided like he's like i'm not going to wear a suit on a red carpet i'm going to wear something strange yes um and you're gonna accept that and that's fine and we love it yeah and then also just like you know i like i just like war shows i like the structure i like you know there's just something comforting about I agree. the whole thing to me just being like you know i like it too i'm full of people who are just there to recognize each other and you know it's nice yeah it's one of those things too that I feel like as you're watching it, because it's not as like hyped up as like the MTV Video Music Awards or right. whatever, where it seems like you have to be there to share in the excitement. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm delusional, but I feel like with the Emmys and the Oscars, you you kind of do feel like you're there if you're yeah. like sitting at home on your couch with like your yeah. glass of champagne and right. You're like I'm here. Right. <laughs> I'm enjoying the Emmys. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Rhea. Well, thank you. For I'm spending so gl- the time. I'm so glad we could do this. I'm so glad we could do it in person, too. So. I know. Yeah. That makes it even better. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And thank you, listeners, for sticking through with this very long episode of Story Screen Presents. This is for the nerds. This was a nerdy conversation <laughs> for those television nerds out there. I, I know we are not alone. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. And remember to always interact with us in any way you see fit. If Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever is your bag, we would love to hear from you. As always, if you liked this podcast, make sure you're subscribed to us and that you like. And give us a comment if you want, if you have the spare time. But thank you so much, and we will catch you next time. Bye.